Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. They are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL Prime Time featuring Joe C. Son of a gun. Matt Hayes. His balls are different in person. Mia O'Brien. I don't know what they're doing. And Leon Searcy. Bringing you love, peace, and soul. are here post-Christmas, and you got a big old Jaguars Christmas present under the tree a couple of days ago. Welcome in 27th day of December, about to welcome in 2023, and there's a lot on the line, that's for sure, uh, as your Jacksonville Jaguars are trying to play their way into the postseason. First time since 2017, first time in half a decade. <laughs> that's what we are looking at, uh, and we're going to look back at uh, all the games, including last night's, uh, that was an awful, awful. Uh, Foles folded up again, okay? I I tweeted out last night, thank you, Santa, for taking St. Nick off of uh, the Jaguars' hands uh, a few years back because uh, that that cat uh, did not play very well last night. Bad Uh, Santa. That's bad Santa. Yeah, exactly. That's bad. But it was good for us because it was bad for the Colts, that's for sure. All right, welcome in. We are without Matt Hayes, who was on vacation this week. Mia, who was uh, up in New Jersey with the Jaguars-Jets game and then time off for her as well. Big Search and I, along with J.J., ready to rock and roll. I hope everybody out there had a good uh, Christmas vacation. If you have any uh, good stories, great Christmas gifts, you can hit the text line, Designed by Lifetime Enclosures, a Beaver Chevy Beaver Toyota Tuesday. So we'll have Coach Campo coming by a little bit later on. Uh, But, sir, you know, we come out out of this cold. It's still cold, man. It is still cold. How was was your Christmas? Uh, Well, first of all, happy, Merry Christmas, happy holidays, happy Kwanzaa, happy Honda Festivus. It was happy Festivus. Uh, it's been cold, bro. I mean, it's been Jeez. absolutely cold. So my Christmas holiday, uh, it always seems to be tragic uh-huh. in some 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 capacity. But uh-huh. uh, I'll go to Tallahassee. Not tragic, but you know, yeah. just not as comfortable that I assumed it would be. All right. right? So I go to I go to Auntie's house, not in Orlando, but in Tallahassee, Auntie uh-huh. Caroline, right? Because you know, I, as a nephew, as the oldest grandchild, you got to you got to mix and match when it comes to Auntie. Oh, that's true. You got to show one one love. Thanksgiving, Christmas, alternate, all that kind of That's stuff. The road so up. this was Auntie Caroline's time. Uh-huh. So I go to Tallahassee, go to my Auntie Caroline's house. Uh, it's Christmas Eve. She's cooking. She got food. She got stuff in the oven. She got stuff in the microwave. Everything's going on. She's got, she's mixing and matching and stuff. So the lights blow. The lights blow. I mean, wow. The, in the midst of all the food and the cooking and everything, to go, the oh. lights blow. All right, oh. in the whole neighborhood. So everything, I'm thinking Christmas is a wrap. I'm thinking Taco Bell. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking there's no way we can overcome this, Auntie. Ever underestimate an older black woman. Don't ever underestimate it. Tell you <laughs> the that right now. Ingenuity. Older black woman. Don't ever underestimate it, right? Auntie was not having it. Auntie called. She found us a hotel. She said, we're going to this hotel. We're going to cook this food, da, da, da. Got a kitchen, living room, fireplace, and everything, right? Nice. Nice living. We get all the food there. We're packing up pots, food, and everything. We get to the hotel. We're moving it all in and stuff like that. Auntie's on a mission, all right? Then we started to notice that nothing's really working in there as far as the heat wise goes. So, so the thermostat was blown in the in the hotel. So had electricity, but no. I, but we had a fireplace. It so sounds we, like the entire city of Tallahassee was struggling with. The so gold. we had, a, yeah, we did, bro. We had a fireplace, so we threw a couple of logs in there. We we hovered around the yeah. fireplace, and that was the way we stayed. 
and a good meal. When and it was a all great meal. Done. We figured it out. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. That, well, t- well, to put uh, a happy ending on the story, they did get power back. We in did the get house. power back in the house later Thank on God. that Christmas evening, and we went back to the house. Just sleeping in there. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I should yeah. check this out. So, all right, by the way, you can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures because we were all plumbers the other day, okay? We were trying to tell you whether to run your water, whether, you know, how to, how to avoid freezing pipes, all this stuff. So, Hyla comes in from Nashville, and so she's without the son-in-law uh, because he's back there working Old Red, Grand Ole Opry, the whole deal. And so he couldn't come. So anyway, she comes rolling in. I pick her up from the airport. Uh, she's telling me how cold it's going to be up there. Anyway, bottom line is their power goes off. I think it was Christmas Eve. I'm pretty sure it was either, yeah, I believe it was Christmas. No, two. Yeah, it was the uh, Friday night, so before Christmas Eve. Bottom line is the power goes out in Nashville. It's like negative degrees, wind chill factor, all this kind of stuff. And so they are out of power. And mm. turns out, if anybody watched the Titans-Texans game on Sunday, that they basically had a rolling blackout up in Nashville that they made the old mayor may not have let everybody know about uh, beforehand. So anyway, mm. power goes out. And then they turned the water off because the pipes were freezing and they were worried about them bursting everywhere. Wow. So now think about this now. You got basically 48 hours without water. Toilets ain't flushing. Oh. Okay. On Christmas with all that On food and Christmas. drink. Oh, Lord. Stink, all stink, that eggnog. <laughs> Toilets ain't stink, flushing. And so uh, I was like, I'm never going back there. I'm never going wow. back there because. Uh, 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 the son-in-law, who is up and down on the son-in-law power rankings, uh, thankfully he was by himself. His brother Jake was over there. But anyway, uh, that one wouldn't flush. And so it was uh, frozen. In the uh, and, and they had to wait for the water to be turned mm. back on. And so everything was frozen. So we all talk about how bad it is here. It was cold here. But up there and all those other wintry places, <clears throat> I don't know how they handle it. And they finally got uh, water turned back on at some point yesterday afternoon. That is something. Wow. All right, what about uh, Cole Kala, JJ? Nothing like that. I mean, it was cold, but we were just fine. We were indoors. <laughs> I I really didn't have any any stories from Christmas, so that it went well. It went perfect. Nothing crazy. I got a lot of socks. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Got a lot of socks, mm. did a lot of drinking, watched a lot of football. But I'll say I hate – so, like, I'm an NBA guy. A lot of people know that about me. Yep. Not a huge NFL guy, but I, you know, I watch the NFL. Obviously, I'm an American and I yep. work here. Dang right. So on Sunday, having to go to, you know, basically the in-laws house, there was some. Ooh, did you hear what he just said? Yeah, not quite that point. Ah, yeah, but close yeah. enough. There was some like discrepancy on what would be on the main television in the living room. You know, after the Dolphins game was over, because that was the important game. You watched it. It was over. Then what's next? Well, LeBron's playing Luka. I want to watch LeBron versus Luka. But then there was also, like, another crappy game on. Other people wanted to watch football. It was was a mess. But long story short, I got what I wanted. Well, there you go, bro. (laughs) You got to – listen, bro, you got to start early. Oh, yeah. I put Uh, my foot down. Yeah. You say (laughs) in-laws, by the way. Yeah, exactly, and you yeah. can you can take over the uh, yeah. almost in laws uh, uh, lazy boy if you if you. Oh need yeah, to. I was popped on the couch. Nobody took my spot. It was yeah. Great. Mark your territory. That's how you know you have respect in a house. Exactly. You can get up, use the restroom, get a drink. No one takes your spot. Yeah. Mark your territory. But the, speaking of territory, 
the NBA's owned Christmas Day forever, and the NFL just took it over. Yeah, it did. The NFL just walked in and said, uh, we're taking your food, we're taking your women, uh, and it's just the way it's going to be. <laughs> and there was nothing the NBA Luckily, could do Luckily, they had like a 10.30 p.m. Yeah. tip, yeah. which and, was uninterrupted by football. Really. And, and by the way, you know, LeBron and the Lakers ain't the same, so I was, you know, less – like normally I, I – AD's turn, got to come back. Yeah, I turned my attention – to, yeah. uh, to to the NBA on Christmas Day, but Anthony Davis we, is out for an extended period yeah. of time right now. Again, it, it sucks. Yeah, bro, Again. bro, we talk about the Lakers like they matter. They don't matter anymore. <laughs> they don't bro. matter. They're, they're like a, what, 14 seed right now? Yeah. If, if the playoffs started, they don't matter. Yeah, I they, mean, the only reason why we mention them is because LeBron. Yeah. Because they Laker, are terrible. Yeah, we're Lakers fans. And that's my fans, team. Which I, it, just, it just sucks. He, he gave us a little something. He gave us a Disney uh, magical moment. And then it, it's yeah. been gone ever since. So how much football were you able to watch with the family? And So the beautiful thing about it, all right, so we had our Christmas party. Or did you pull the this is for work card? Yeah. I, that, listen, I've always <laughs> I got did, that. I did, I did, bro. I got that I in my back pocket. Uh, TLD is tired of hearing it, but it's just the way it is. But we had our Christmas Eve party, and, and, and so, you know, all the uh, Italian recipes come out. Uh. And we had great meatballs, sausage and pepper. We had some roasted You're talking sh- dirty to me and I kind of yeah. like it. Roasted shrimp. We had all sorts of appetizers, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. Well, the beautiful thing about it is that we had Christmas Eve and Christmas ball. And so whenever you were lacking for conversation with anybody, boom, you looked to that television, you looked at that big screen and you had some action on the screen instead of having to come up with, uh, you know, how's uh you know, how's your, your your son doing? And, you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and so you just didn't have to small talk your way out of anything. And so that I absolutely love. Now, I know it's only going to come around, whatever, every five or six years where we're going to have this combo. But Christmas Eve and Christmas Day football is pretty dang good. Other than I just got absolutely smoked in my, uh, <laughs> my, my gambling ventures. My gosh. I, I, I am just stinking it the up. The NFL has been hard this year, right now. man. It has been tough. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I almost forgot that Saturday was like a full Sunday mm-hmm. of action. It's like twelve thirty, and you know, all, uh, my group text blowing up about games. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, we have like a full slate of games yeah, today. It was awesome. Yeah, Saturday, Saturday was way better than Sunday. Absolutely, yeah. uh, except better. the Cowboys game. Wait, which day was the Cowboys game? <laughs> Cowboys game was Saturday. Yeah. Whoa, one of the best games of one the year. One of the best. Absolutely. And, and if you, I mean, honestly, if you think about it, you had the red zone as basically a Christmas present. Because it was mm-hmm. all day on Christmas I was Eve. at a Christmas recital at uh, an Episcopalian church with Red Zone on my phone. Not going to lie. <laughs> I turned it off when the kids started their little singing. But, yes, I did have it on before service started. I am ashamed well, of that. Well, listen, I'm not going to lie. I picked the Cowboys to win in our picks. But I was still rooting for Gardner. Absolutely. Yeah. I was absolutely rooting for Gardner. And picking the Cowboys was a smart move because uh, I got hosed on, on the, uh, on the oh, other no, side oh, of that side. one. Oh, okay. Because you saw what happened. Two turnovers, True. basically in a couple of possessions, no more than what two minutes of clock that went off, mm-hmm. and it went from uh, basically a ball being wrestled away from the receiver to to where the Cowboys kicked a field goal. They go up twenty three twenty at that point. I'm pretty sure. And then no sooner did the Eagles get the ball back, Gardner tries to hand it off, puts it in the the belly of Miles Sanders, and he just drops it. Mm-hmm. drops it right in the backfield, and it goes from a tie ball game to a six-point loss uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. That was devastating. I, that was probably Dak Prescott's best game I've seen him play in a very, very long time. Yeah, mm-hmm. he completed like 86, 86% of his pass. He was red hot. He was red hot. Through that was. terrible pick six to start the game. And yeah, I think he, he did. He did. That's, that's back-to-back that. pick sixes in the game. Yeah. But from there on, man, he, he, he was solid. He, he's solid. He's only – listen, the Cowboys are only going to go as far as he goes. Mm-hmm. He's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, C.D. Lamb is also rising up right now, he and, and he is a uh, almost uncoverable. Yeah, becoming Almost, a, one yes. of those guys, uh, that's for sure. All right, so we're going to go through all the National <clears throat> Football League. See, you had the beautiful uh, Thursday night win for your Jaguars over the Jets, and then you get to go into Saturday, Sunday, and even last night just, just kind of soaking it all up. We're going to take a look at the playoff scenarios, but let's just at least begin with the very uh, – did you think, did you think as a Jaguar fan, and we've asked this question a ton of times, but – this is Christmas, man. Did you ever think you would start the football year and then be here with this Christmas present? Your Jacksonville Jaguars playing for a playoff spot, an AFC South title. And when you think about it, the Houston Texans beating the Titans the other day in Nashville, that was massive just in terms of guaranteeing this team a spot. Now, it's still a below 500 record. But they've got control of the AFC South right now, sirs. And this is well, just like – you said it to, to Logs well, earlier. This has got 96 written all over it. It, it does. It does. By the now, way, listen, his, candied, was, his candied ham. A candied ham sound good, sound good didn't oh it? Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. The, yeah. the, 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 he said the sparrow. Oh, yeah. Uh, the sparrow ham. And then just let all that uh, – You know what the best preserved? about that after Christmas and Thanksgiving when you got like a ham like that, the sandwiches yeah. that you make. Oh. Never, never underestimate the sandwiches that you make is, after Christmas and true. Thanksgiving. They are, they're true. wonderful. Absolutely yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, listen, true. I was drinking the Kool-Aid early on in the season when this team – when this team was two and one, when this team was two and one, we beat the the, the, the Los Angeles Chargers up there. I was drinking the cooler. I said, "This team." I was looking at the schedule and some of the losses, the L's that I thought that we were going to get during the season. I was saying we can win. Now, you know, back to reality, um, when we when we did we did suffer those L's, but a lot of those L's that we suffered uh, during the season had were, were self inflicted. Mm-hmm. They had a lot to do with the fact that in the fourth quarter we couldn't close out on games, we, dumb penalties. You know, missed opportunities, interceptions, turnovers, sacks, from whatever it led to. We we a lot of that stuff was self-imposed because when you look at the beginning of the season, uh, at least the first eight games of the season, uh, when we had that, that that long losing streak, a lot of those losses had a lot to do with us because we were in ball games, we were in the fourth quarter, we had opportunities and we squandered them. And, and we were saying, and Matt Hayes w- had the, the phrase that we were immature, very immature team because a veteran team wouldn't find ways to lose games in the fourth quarter like we would find a way. Mm-hmm. And I was saying to myself, after that five-game slide when we went, we lost like five in a row, I said, this team's not going to win another game, mm-hmm. especially with the, the mindset and the mentality that they had that were self-inflicted. I said, we're not going to win another game. I said, this team, at best, is going to probably win five games and go five and five and 12. Right. I wasn't buying in. Yeah. And, and I don't know where – the turning point had to be – I'm not going to lie. The turning point had to be the Cowboys game for me. Well, I, the Ravens I, game was a good game. The, that, the Ravens game was big. It was a it, it was a big game, but it was at home. And you followed and, it with a Lions loss. And you a Lions loss. So it was kind of like, you know, it was like Jekyll and Hyde. You you give me that, and then you give me this. And then when the Cowboys game, we were down seventeen, and we won that game in overtime. I said, okay, that might be a little momentum. Yeah. And then the, the wins after wins and wins. So I. That, I think that might have been a turning point for me. Turning point for me was the Titans game okay. up in Nashville. Uh, it, that, and, that was a big and Basically ending a near-decade-long streak. Now, we could sit here and say Ryan Tannehill's down and out now, but mm-hmm. he was on that football field, and so was Derrick Henry. And Derrick Henry had run all over Teal. He had basically just stomped on Teal the last six, seven times he had faced his football team. Uh, very much so up there. And so that was a huge turning point for me. And the, it, when you're trying to figure out, you know, when did this happen? Now, Trevor Lawrence said it happened coming out of that 
London loss to the Denver Broncos, he said he made a a, a, a commitment <clears throat> to himself. He is not going to play that poorly. He is not going to be responsible for these losses. So I give him well, a ton of credit for turning the corner, basically patching things back up for this football team. Bro, it's funny you, you speak about that after that Denver Broncos game, that seven-game yeah. stretch for Trevor Lawrence right here. Look at his numbers compared. Now, I'm going to give you his numbers compared to the elite quarterbacks AFC. Right. Okay, as far as completions, he's at 69.7. Patrick Mahomes at 67.9. Burrow at 68.7, Allen at 62.6. That's awesome. Okay, yardage. He's at 1,909. He's Mahomes is at 2,000, 1,960. What, what I'm what and his ratings, his rating right now after that Denver game is 108.2. Patrick Mahomes is 107, 107.1. Burrow is at 102.6, and Allen is at 92.2. Yeah, so, that, I mean, amongst the elite, the guys that you know that are going to be in the playoffs in January, I mean, he's right up there. That seven-game stretch after Denver where he just told us up that he never wants to feel this way again. Exactly. Never wants to disappoint and let the team down the way he did like he did in London. He's been on a tear. You know that feeling. Oh. You know that feeling better than we do. Like, I did – I did not do what I needed to do to win a football game today for my team. That's mm-hmm. the feeling that he had and basically said, on a dime, I'm changing this. This is unacceptable to me, and it's unacceptable to my teammates. And basically, that that's what he did. Here's the thing. Another thing I can appreciate about, appreciate about Trevor Lawrence because uh, during that five-game stretch when they lost all those games, he didn't point any fingers, and he could have. Mm-hmm. He didn't point any fingers. He said, I got to do better. It's always when, when, when your team is struggling or not having any kind of success, you you got to internalize things. Mm-hmm. You got to say, that, what am I not doing? And then the rest will follow because they'll see the commitment and the dedication that you have. He said, I'm not I'm not playing well. Because as quarterbacks, some quarterbacks will throw you on the bus. Well, the receiver here, the line here, the protection here, the running game here, the defense can't make stops here, the – so, I mean, for him to do that and to interiorize mm-hmm. that he needs to get better, the only way this team is going to go is, is as far as he gets better, that, that, that seven-game tear that he's been on uh, after that, that London game is, is puts him in the at pantheons of the elite quarterbacks in the AFC right now. And, and then, he, then he said, okay, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm making changes, and then he called the rest of the team out and himself in that mm-hmm. Lions loss. And he put himself right in that same old big pile, which was great. Pete Prisco today, and we all know Pete, national writer, CBS Sports, uh, but he's certainly very, very close to to this franchise. He's on the pregame broadcast. He's regular on 1010XL. So his headline today in his power rankings, Trevor Lawrence has surging Jaguars on playoff doorstep. And, and that's basically how he's looking at it. And you just – kind of span what Pete's saying. He said, Lawrence has been almost flawless since the beginning of November as the Jaguars on, on the verge of doing something nobody saw coming, uh, which is to be a division champion uh, in his second season. And he goes on, you know, glossing on, on, on Trevor Lawrence, and, and most people are. They're recognizing it right now. And you mentioned where he's at completion percentage-wise, passer rating-wise, all those things. It is a massive uptick from what he had before and – he has made everybody better around him. Remember, last year, there was nothing really going right. Everything was dysfunctional, disjointed, all that kind of stuff. And now things are coming together. Doug Peterson has imparted wisdom. 
has imparted belief uh, in, in this entire uh, franchise. And, and really, they are right now rolling the ball out, feeling like they've got a chance to beat anybody. Well, listen, I have a fond appreciation for Trevor Lawrence because every, early in the season, all we talked about is Trevor Lawrence, his overthrows, his underthrows, his lack of touch, all the kind of stuff right there. So, well, the fact that he's playing better now is because this guy's working on his craft. Unless mm-hmm. you know he's working on his craft. You don't have that kind of stretch or that kind of run if you're not working on things. I always tell people this all the time. I ask an assistant coach, what did I need to do better? He said, whatever you lack. And he said, right, give me, I need a thousand reps a week. Mm-hmm. You know, it might, that might have been a little egregious for him to right. say, but he was, he was telling you that's the point of emphasis that you've got to have if you want to work on your game. So all, those, all, those, all the stuff that we don't see, all the stuff that we don't see, we should have a more fonder appreciation of what we do see right. because we know that this guy is working on it. The, 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 the riff on Trevor Lawrence early in the season, a lot of fans were talking about his overthrows, his underthrows, no touch, no deep ball, all that kind of stuff. Why is Trevor doing why is Tre- they don't they, they, they don't question him now. Mm-hmm. And because believe me, I was one of those guys. I was one of those that. guys too. All of us yeah. were saying we're not questioning it now because now that the stuff that we were that we were concerned with early on in the season, you're not making those same mistakes. No, no. And and you got you gotta love it. And, and I I've I've been phrasing it, it's basically it's Doug plus Trev. Okay, because both of these guys, one isn't without the other. Doug can't do what he wants to do in terms of getting a franchise going again back in the postseason conversation without a, a talented, quote, generational quarterback like Trevor Lawrence. Trevor can't do it without mm-hmm. an offensive game plan and a, and a head coach that is basically pushing all the right buttons at the right time. Those two in step together, it is massive to, to see what they've been able to do. And there are plenty of other guys. Now, look, we're worried about some of the injuries that this football team's having to deal with. They made the announcement that Cam's gone for this, uh, on injured reserve, Juan Smook on injured reserve. You absolutely hate it. You know, one thing Log said earlier, which I thought was interesting, and, and, and I know that he is not going to give away any more information because he's trying to you know, respect what's going on, but he said that he believed Cam Robinson's injury is not a meniscus. Uh, and so that's mm-hmm. interesting. I'm just curious as to whether or not there's a chance for – Cam to come back if they make it to the postseason. But that definitely is interesting. We'll find out where this team's going. All right, now, a couple of other things. Nate Hackett gets canned. Okay, we mentioned how disgusted Trevor was after that London loss because he knew he lost to. There's no dang way you should be losing to that team. Okay? And that team just got just a 50-burger put on them by the Baker Mayfield-led Rams the other night absolutely embarrassed them a half a hundred and so anyway Nate Hackett gets canned up in Denver you got to ask the question are they doing that now because they need to get their hands on Sean Payton maybe try and bring him in see if they can convince him to come in and basically get the rust off of Russ and save him I don't know whether he's going to go there or not but they basically looked at Nate Hackett and says you have you, you're going to be the fall guy. I don't know whether you're the only problem that's going on up here, but you're going to be the fall guy. And they ran him out of there. Russell Wilson does not look like the same cat that we have been seeing. We saw him set records, Leon, for the first seven years of his career. As dynamic as they come, this dude is doubting himself. Obviously, the concussion didn't help a couple of weeks ago. He's been up and down. Linemen aren't picking him up after he gets knocked down. It is a mess. His confidence. His confidence he, I mean, he don't even have the same swag. The, the way, he doesn't even carry himself on the field the way we used to watch him with Seattle. It just if, it, when he was at Seattle, it was just at, at some particular moment you knew that 
you knew that Russell Wilson was going to take over the game, whether with his feet, his scrambling ability, or with his uh, uh, his precise throws or his, or his long ball. Mm-hmm. We don't see any of that now. We see indeci- he's so he's indecisive. He doesn't know when to run, when not to run, all that kind of stuff. And then the offensive line, I mean, not, not, before we get to the offensive line, the defense is like, it's got to be ticked at him because, you know, that, you know, you're talking about a top 10, top five defense initially going into the season. You know, they, they traded Chubb. But going into the season, you know, you felt like they were, you were only a quarterback away from making some things happen. And you bring in Russell Wilson. Yeah. And then he's, had, he's, been, he's been underwhelming. And that puts more pressure on the defense. They got more plays. They're on the field longer. You're not scoring points. You're giving them a short field to defend. I mean – I can only imagine what that locker room is going – the dissension in that locker room. Because I've been in locker rooms when the offense struggles. Defense has a tendency to run their mouth when the offense struggles in yeah. the locker room. Offense never runs their route to the defense. But the defense, if the defense is playing all right and the offense is struggling, mm-hmm. I mean, there's dissension. There's words being exchanged. Oh, yeah. I, I don't and there's people it. having to defend Russ. Yeah, and you can't defend that, 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 that type of play. When backup quarterbacks are walking up trying to take on offensive linemen, <laughs> yeah. that was classic. It was classic. That was just un- But, hey, listen, but I'm, hey, listen I, I'm going to defend that backup quarterback because he, he was telling the offensive line that when Russ gets knocked down, I don't care how poorly he's playing, yeah. you're supposed to pick him up. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's offensive lineman code. Yeah. You're supposed to go, you know, even even if you don't want to, <laughs> even if you don't want to, you got to help the band up, and that's what the that's what the back now the offensive lineman thought that the backup quarterback was coming to him talking about sacks, yeah, and that's why he was so defensive. But later on, the story was was obtained that he was talking about picking up Russ exactly when he's getting knocked down. So all that's right, we got all sorts of NFL action to get into. Thanks to Beaver Chevrolet, Beaver Toyota, uh, we have got uh, really a, a 2023 to look forward to in a big way. If you're a Jaguar fan, if you're thinking about a brand new ride, take a look at what they're doing on the lots. Beaver Chevrolet and Beaver Toyota, because you might be able to save big on 2022s as they close out that model year and roll into 2023, or you could buy the latest and greatest. Make sure you check it out. They want to make sure the inventory is on the lot for you so you can get what you want, SUVs, pickup trucks, beautiful economy, or luxury sedans, whatever you want. Beaver, Toyota, St. Augustine.com, BeaverChevrolet.com. So we're going to get into all uh, the playoff scenarios with your Jacksonville Jaguars. How fired up are you that you're talking about a team that is headed for the postseason? we got to talk to a. And what happened with him the other day, he is back in concussion protocol. We saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. 1234, it is XL primetime. A couple days after Santa and his sleigh came riding in. Hopefully everybody got what they wanted. Give us some cool gifts uh, off the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures if you did get one that was cool. Six four one ten ten. If you got one that just absolutely, uh, you know, sucked, uh, you can let us know that as well. We would love that. Well, once again, I got gypped. Yeah, because my birthday is the twenty first, and Christmas it, is. It is day. true. So whoever the people that sent me gifts for my birthday gave me absolutely nothing for Christmas. <laughs> See, that's just not. No, that's just not we, right. We all listen. I got gypped as a kid, bro. You I and I have December birthday, so I know exactly what you're talking about. And, but and listen, you, I do appreciate the gifts either way. Yeah, yeah, you know. you're much closer to Christmas though, so I, I can, yeah, yeah, true. They're like, all right, I checked his box for yeah. his birthday, but <laughs> well, but you want to have it, you know, you want to have two presents. Oh, well, listen, my parents got me the same way when I was a little kid. When mm-hmm. I get a bike for my birthday, right? Yeah. I'm thinking, okay, where's Christmas? My parents are like, that, that is your Christmas gift. <laughs> it's, a, it's a double. Line. It's, it's tied in. It's yeah. intertwined. All right, now a couple off the text line because we're going to get into the <clears> NFL <throat> from uh, Sunday. 
uh, all the action Saturday and Sunday. Uh, but off the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, uh, Brother Leon, nothing makes a ham sandwich like that leftover holiday ham. That is the truth. Uh, we had the ham on uh, – we had uh, Sunday or Christmas morning a nice breakfast Christmas casserole. Sausage, mm. eggs, hash brown, cheese, you know, all the stuff, all that. It was awesome. But then also had the holiday ham. And mm-hmm. so you, there ain't nothing like throwing that in on a skillet the next day and warming oh. that up. Bro, you, you throw it on the skillet. Yeah. Not no pan, a skillet. Yeah, exactly. You throw it on the skillet, fry it up again, whatever. Then you toast the bread. Mm-hmm. You oh, toast yeah. the bread. Then you put some cheese on top of the ham mm-hmm. while it's on the skillet. All right. Oh. Then you get some, like, some, I don't know if you ever had this. When you get some avocado sauce and spread it on that. Just, oh, okay. I don't know, avocado uh-huh. on the bread or whatever. But it, lettuce and tomato, cut it, slice it in half. Bro, you got you a sandwich there. See, now I've never even thought about putting avocado ah, in there. Uh, ah, I got you there. I like that. I yes. like that suggestion. Mm-hmm. Uh, last night we had our little Modelo Monday where we went out, uh, had some tacos, some cold Modelos, and the tacos were carnitas, which is you know nice, just slow uh, roasted pork, and then they put a big old slice of avocado on there. So we had to get away from the Christmas food and get into mm-hmm. some taco, um, some Mexicali cooking uh, last night. All right, now. Um, this is also off the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. This is AJ. Uh, it's to Leon. I called the playmaker, Michael Irvin, told him if Dallas would have lost that game, he would have had to have fought Stephen A. Smith the next day, LOL, and he agreed. Tell Leon he's headed to Miami right now. So that, that he must have a, a tight connection if he could just pick up the phone call Michael Irvin. Yeah, yeah. AJ, um, he played at Miami. Uh, he coaches up here at uh... – I want to say Reebok. I want to say the wrong school because, you know, you can't say the wrong school in Jacksonville. Yeah, that's true, especially yeah. raising Reebok. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, 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 he, he played at Miami. I that's know cool. exactly what you're talking about. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I love it. All right, now, when we're talking about that Dallas game, talking about all the other <clears> games that took place, you know, so much has changed. If, if you're just looking at what happened over the course of the weekend, you're talking about teams that were able to lock up playoff spots, not just Jacksonville right now trying to lock theirs up, but plenty of other teams as well. And let's just get into some of these playoff scenarios, what Jacksonville has to do. You can hit the text line at 641-1010 and just let us know just how stoked you are about the idea of these next two games. Ending that that losing streak to the Houston Texans and then beating your arch rival. You heard what Tony Vaselli just said about that Week 18 game here against the Titans. Don't take anything for granted. If you can beat down the mayonnaise-loving Titans right here at the bank a couple of Sundays from now, man, you better be there. But for the here and now, let's hit the rewind button, J.J. The Weekend Rewind, brought to you by Cycles of Jacksonville, the big boy toy store for big boy toys. Prescott out duels Minshew. Prescott fires, caught, lamb, touchdown. The Bengals survive New England. Stevenson, stonewalled, and Stevenson lost the football. Cincinnati claims they've got it, and they do. The Patriots cough it up with 55 seconds to go. The Texans fumble their way to a win. Mills, good protection. Rolling right. Nobody open. Mills cuts it up at the five. Lost the football. Free in the end zone. And Rex Burkhead has it. Touchdown, Texans. The Lions blow it in Carolina. Our third different back for the Panthers on this opening drive. Raheem Blackshear. As Darnold keeps flips to Blackshear, heading to the end zone, and in for a Panthers touchdown. The Chiefs keep it rolling. 
And the flip, a little juggle on that flip from Kadarius. Tony turns it upfield. It started with a bobble. It ends with a touchdown. The Bills smash the Bears. Allen throwing. Got his man for the touchdown. That is Dawson Knox. Watson sucks. Watson's pass broken up and intercepted. Picked off. And the Saints in business. Sorensen. Incredible. The Steelers win it for Franco. Steps up, throws it under duress, and it is intercepted. Cam Sutton takes it away from Hunter Renfro. And this is bye-bye ball game. How about them apples? That's just awesome. Good play-by-play. You think of some of those and even, um, well, J.J. hires a couple of different uh, cyber uh, talkers. We have a uh, rotating crew. Yeah, this was a, a, a World Cup. A uh, female version yes, yeah. uh, of of uh, his cyber narration, and uh, Watson sucks jumped out at me uh, because look, I thought I thought on Cleveland's version of the frozen tundra that was the coldest game ever played up in Cleveland. That uh, the boys from Mardi Gras and and Bourbon Street and all that they wouldn't be able to roll up there and take care of business. They did. They ended up beating them, beating them good with a couple of major plays, uh, and that one shocked me. That's uh, safe to say. But coming out of this postseason. Last night in particular, the Los Angeles Chargers, they have ended their playoff drought. So they basically they beat up on a bad Indianapolis Colts team with a bad Nick Foles uh, under center, but they now have a wild card spot. You're taking a look at a couple of scenarios, Leon. Who could this team see if they are the AFC South division champs? They need to make sure they take care of business the next couple of weeks. You, you, you don't win this division, you're going to be in a in – a, in a, a hell of a spot trying to win a wild card position. That's well, sure. you know, I was listening to a lot of scenarios on TV about the Jaguars, and if they don't win this game and they win the next game, the hell with that. Win the next two and you win. Bottom yeah. line, you begin controlling your own destiny. And it would be even more fitting to go through the Texans and the Titans because over the last decade, they've had passed the baton back and forth on who won this True. division. So what better way than to go into the Texans' house and sit at their table and eat their food and then have the Titans come in there and we kick down the door and beat them and walk our way into the playoffs. Yeah. That's the way. That's my scenario. The hell with uh, this team loses, this team wins. They, they, let, let us just take care of our business and, and handle our business and go into the playoffs. That's just the way I look at it. Yeah. You know, if we handle our business, we win. Right. And, and it's, it's an above 500 record. Yes. And and who had this team at 9-8? I didn't have them at 9-8. Well, you and I, you know, the one thing we can take credit for, when we did the uh, up on the wall where we put W's yep. and L's, yep. now we may not have correctly said this when we made our official predictions in August, mm-hmm. but this was when the schedule came back, uh, what, in May? Does that sound about right? Yeah. Anyway, both you and I put them up there as eight-win teams. Eight-win teams. All right. I th- I'm now taking credit for that one. Oh, well, I'll take that. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take eight wins for sure. Yeah. And, and by the way, I had buddies texting me uh, over the – you know, that Thursday night, once this team got to seven wins, over six and a half was my Vegas play, and that's a ticket that will be cash. So I did love that. And, and listen, and I'm saying the Jaguars won the next two games, not because uh, – I'm saying it because we're a better team. Yeah. We, we've got the better quarterback. Yeah. I think we've got the better quarterback. We've got the better team, the better scheme. And I think right now this team has got a vote, has got a, a, a vote of confidence in it, an era about it, an aura about themselves. Mm-hmm. And they, they believe – that they're supposed to be at the spot where they are right now. So you can't, you know, you can't take that for granted that this team is playing above par and they're beating teams they're supposed to be. So these two teams in front of us, the Texans or the Titans, no matter what their scores are, they're supposed to be beat. Yeah. 
and, yeah. we, and they should be beaten. We should take care of business, and we shall waltz our way into the fourth seed of the playoffs, and next thing you know, we'll be hosting a team. I'm thinking that more than likely – I don't know why the Ravens keep popping up in my head. I want to see the Ravens. The Ravens uh, keep popping up when I hit my head as yeah. far as the playoffs. And I don't I, I be careful what you wish for type yeah, of thing. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. But if you're looking at the at the playoff scenarios, the the LA Chargers are one of the teams that I, yeah. even though Jacksonville beat them. I kinda don't want to see them. I, right I don't want to <laughs> because they're healthy. Yeah. They yeah, are healthy. And Justin Herbert has now gone, I don't know what his numbers were last night, mm-hmm. but basically the last couple of games he's gone over three hundred yards. And 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 look, they had they had their struggles last night. That was an ugly game. I was telling you and JJ earlier that damn Jeff Saturday, that interim coach that he is, oh he's God. got a chance. It's a, mm, I have to go back and look at the at the score at that time. Bottom line is he chooses to go for it on fourth down. Uh, yeah, they needed a touchdown. Yeah, they were trying to get back in it. It might have been a thirteen to three ball game at that time. So you kick your field goal at the twenty yard line, you make it thirteen to six. You've mm-hmm. got a chance. To, you know, you're within a score. Instead, he decides to go for it. He sends old St. Nick over the top, which was just dumb. Okay, oh, You don't God. take the spot of giraffe and tell him yeah. to try and sneak something. It ain't going to uh, work. I gave, him that, I gave him that name St. Nick when he was yeah. here. Bad yeah. Sam. I know. Yeah. Just, just bad Sam. He's, He's bad terrible. Sam. He's bad Sam, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, listen, they, listen, I mean, what did you throw it? Three interceptions in the game? Yeah. Got sacked seven times and was 0 for 12 on third down. And? 0 for 12. You know what else, you know what, you know what else he was numbers-wise? Besides being 0 for 12, he tried to take $88 million off of Shad Khan. $88 million. I still can't get over that. Uh, Bro, like, that that's called the great train heist right there. <laughs> what he did to Jacksonville. And thank God that, that the Chicago Bears, thank you, that you took half the tab uh, and said, come on up here to the Windy City uh, and got him, got him the H out of Duval, which just thank God for Chicago. Uh, with apologies to TD, just uh, thank God that he went he he went up and left because this this football team still probably could have been dealing with that. All right, now off the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. I really see Duval going two and zero. Oh, the last two, Trevor's playing like like uh, he's got the control button on Madden twenty three. So I, I'm I'm with him and basically just echoing what you said. You can make a statement about this team. You can make a statement about this team now taking over this division. What had to happen? You had to beat the teams in your division. Okay, you can't just fiddle around and hope that you're gonna. Oh, well, let's see if we can split it with Tennessee, split it with Houston, split it with Indy. Three and three ain't gonna get it done. You've got to win inside your division to have the best chance to take control of it and basically well, take over. Listen, that, listen, that, I'm like I'm having deja vu right now. But in '96, I told this team the earlier part of the season. When we when we beat the Steelers first game of the season, I said the only way you gain respect in this league is that whoever's the bully in your division, you beat them. Yeah, and you got to beat them soundly. All right. So and, and, and Tom Coughlin constructed the team to beat the Steelers. Mm-hmm. This team right now, I mean, I mean the Titans are reeling. So I'm not saying we, this team was constructed to beat the Titans, but right. they've been. You know, they've been the alpha dog of the division. Them in the, in the Texans over the last decade or so. So why not? But you got you got to start with the division first. You've got to make your mark in the division. You got to beat teams in your division, especially the bully on the block soundly, which we did at their house in Nashville. Yeah. We beat them soundly. And now you, what you got to do now is you got to go into the Texans' house because they've been what they've won out of this and over the last decade. They've won like what six mm-hmm. six titles as far as division goes or whatever. So you know they were the they were the bullies at, at one time. So you beat them in their house soundly, and you come back to Jacksonville. 
and you play the Titans, you play for the win to go in the playoffs. That's, yeah. that's just the bottom line. If you look at the record, this team has finished fourth in a four-team division four straight years. Mm. Right now they're on top. The last time they were on top was when Miles Jack wasn't down, uh, but they were 10-6 and six that year. They were on top of the division. You go back before that, they were fourth, third, 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 fourth, third. The last time they were even top two is all the way back in 2010 wow. when this football team was 8-8 eight and eight that year. Uh, and, and, and you just you can't go that long and let the division title live in other AFC South towns. You just can't do it. And that's what this football team has done. And, and we all know this. I'm not pointing that. This is Moto right now, <laughs> master of the obvious. You were first in 2017. The last time you were first in this division before that was 1999. No, are you serious? Okay. It's been a minute. Wow. Okay. The last time outside of 2017 was 1999. Because look, when they were a playoff team in five and seven, they finished second in the division. Mm. They had to go on the road both times. Remember, wow. they lost to Pittsburgh one year and then they beat, or excuse me, lost to New England one year, then beat Pittsburgh and lost to New England again that next go around. Mm -hmm. So, and hosting a playoff game. At your house is big in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. you know it. Yeah, absolutely. The fans, the environment, the normalcy of knowing, you know, where to go and the comfort of coming from your home and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, fresh off the holidays, I'm just telling you. Yeah. The host the host the first playoff game division-wise to come here uh, is big. Yeah. It's big for the franchise. And, and that's why I, I want to I sniff nine and eight instead of mm -hmm. eight and nine. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd rather be yeah nine and eight. If you're gonna hang a banner, hang it with a winning record. Yep, and that's what I'm hoping for uh, with the AFC South. <clears throat> we'll find out whether they can do it. But it, really, the, the text line is feeling it. We're feeling it. Everyone else out there in Duval's feeling it. Uh, Sports Johnson in Mandarin. He says, "When we win the division and when we win the Super Bowl." All right, slow down, Sports Johnson. Slow down. But he says, uh, "With both, will both banners be teal, or will one be teal and one black?" Go Jags, baby! Hey, listen, if you go that far, yeah, you can name your color. Uh, you can, you can use a, a little variety in the team colors. That's for sure. Uh, should the Jags rest key players? No, since Week 17 isn't as important. Oh now. hell no, hell no! They they're not in any kind of position to be resting anybody. We need all forces on deck mm -hmm. to win the, these games. Resting guys. Listen, the guys that you think about resting want to play. Yeah. You want to be a part of this. I mean, this. I'm not saying it's historic or anything like that, but for this franchise over the last couple of years, the, the badness that we've had to endore, yeah. shh, this is historic in my <laughs> there, There's no luxury <laughs> uh, in resting guys right no, now. No, no. You, you want to be the best you could possibly be and, be and be playing at the highest clip you can. Exactly. Exactly. You, when you want to roll like this, the last thing you want to do is stop the train. Mm -hmm. You don't want to stop the train. You, you got momentum. You got momentum. You're on a three-game winning streak. You beat all the teams that you've beaten over the last, what, five, six weeks or whatever, mm -hmm. all potential playoff teams. So that should give you a vote of confidence, the fact that we've beat playoff teams uh, going with the momentum that we have going moving forward. So, so it's predestined that we should make the playoffs. And when we get the playoffs, we – Shouldn't be afraid of anybody because yeah. we've we played them all, we've we played the Chiefs, uh, we've we we we've beat we've beat the Chargers, we've beaten the Ravens, we've beaten the Titans. I mean, all those teams like that. So it's just a matter. Of, listen, I always tell people this: 
Don't matter how you get to the party, as long as you can dance. Yeah. Don't yeah. matter. As long as you, I don't care how you get to the party, you just, you just want to dance. Yeah, and that's it. That's it. Is and Doug Peterson will prove it to you. He's done it before that you get your team to the tournament, and then anything can happen. That's for sure. And we're talking about a lot of firsts in a long time uh, for for this football team. They've not been in this position this late in the year, and that's why it feels so good. And that's why you know most Jaguar fans are just jacked up at the idea that they've got a chance to run the table. Think about this now. If if you've we just mentioned their division record, how lousy it's been for a long, long time. You've got a chance if you take care of business the next two weeks to finish five and one in your division, and you can just say, "How in the heck did they lose that game up in Indianapolis?" Uh, well, that was before uh, Frank Rack got fired, before Matt Ryan got sat down, before Darius Slender was gone for the year. Whatever, there were some other pieces that they had up there, but the, Indy beat them up there. But you you have a chance to sweep the Tennessee Titans and beat the Houston Texans that you. You haven't done that since 2017. Mm-hmm. It's been far, far too long, and you've got a chance to exercise a bunch of demons going into this next year, uh, which is just beautiful. Now, you take a look at the rest of the uh, AFC, and we'll look at it coming up in the 1 o'clock hour, and, and, and the potential is there for a, a lot of teams to get hot at the right time. Buffalo had their hands full for a little while against Chicago Bears the other day, then they ended up getting going. They know that they're trying to track down the Chiefs and and, and have a shot at that number one seed. Take a look at what's happened to Miami. The Dolphins were red hot. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell were a pair of record-setting wide receivers, and now they have lost four straight. And we don't know what's going on with Tua. You, me, J.J., we all looked at each other. Did anybody see Tua get hit in the the first quarter of that game? No, he's under what, a concussion protocol right now? I, I can't remember if he took a big shot. Now he took some hits or whatever. I can't remember anything to the head. But those three picks in the third—I think there were three in the th- in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it, they were terrible. They were awful. And he started off red hot. How the Packers stayed in that game? Uh, I guess it was by uh, you know some of the mistakes that Tua made late in that game. By the way, I'm looking at the play that it happened on. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's in the second quarter, and it's Dang. only ten to twenty in the game, and he. I don't know if you remember this play, but he was like getting sacked and he shuffled it to a yeah, I a that. guy, yeah, around the fifty yard line, and then hit his head on the turf, and that's what did it. Wow, head banged the ground, but he he played the rest of the game. Yeah, and I I don't know I don't know what this is with Tua because if you heard him after the game, bro, he sounded fine. He sounded fine. He was ticked off about losing. Basically said we got to put it behind us. You know the standard stuff that you hear, but he didn't look like he was out of it or anything. But you're talking about a guy that, at, at a minimum, has had, if he's in concussion protocol, if he did pop, uh, bounce his head off the turf like, like J.J.'s describing, and, and it was diagnosed, you know, as had to be. It was after the game. They said it was something he met with doctors today and discussed some symptoms, and that was yesterday. Nobody, yeah. quote, nobody recognized anything with regard to the hit McDaniel said. Well, uh, Gio has said it before, Dr. George Barry, who will be with us tomorrow, that once you start having concussions – uh, the rate of, of reoccurrence it's becomes be very life, dangerous. Bro, this is going to be life-changing. Yeah. I mean, I know everybody says, well, you know, he plays football, he making all this money, but he's young, bro. Mm-hmm. He got the rest of his life. I mean, yeah. these, these 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 concussions, they keep a mounting. He's in know. his mid-20s. That's, that's it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 
I don't know. Yeah, scary stuff. All right, into the 1 o'clock hour. We keep it rolling. You can roll on over to Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota. Check out both of them. they got great deals going on right now, especially if you want savings as they close out their model year, they close out the calendar year. You can cash in and get a great ride. Beaver Toyota, Augustine.com, BeaverChevrolet.com. So we stay on the Jags, uh, but we are getting closer and closer and closer to the college football playoff. We've got Michigan, TCU, Ohio State, Georgia. So we'll give you triple TNA. That's things to think about, okay? Things to think about every day as you get closer to the college football playoff. That'll be coming up. Biggest third down Bryce Young's career. You need 10. Lake like at four. From the pocket. Launching downfield. Underthrown and intercepted. We saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. What a great call from Chris Fowler. That was a season ago, if you can believe it. A national champion was crowned for the first time in four decades. Residing in Athens, Georgia. The Bulldogs able to win. We're going to highlight you all the way through the next handful of days with great moments from your sports 2022 as we welcome you to the 1 o'clock hour, XL Primetime. Joe C., along with Big Cerse, Leon Cersei hanging out with us for another half hour. Coach Campbell will be in a little bit later on. Matt Hayes and Mia O'Brien on vacation. So, J.J.'s put it together, and we'll go through a lot of those great moments in college football, NFL, all the other sports. But that Fowler call right there, man, you want to talk about a, a bunch of happy Bulldogs to finally get over. This was a team that had lost – to Alabama in the SEC championship game, a loss they could afford because they were still in the college football playoff, and then they end up drilling. What's that Bob Marley song? Redemption song. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that, that was Georgia. Yeah. I mean, not just not just that the fact that the, Alabama beat them mm-hmm. in the SEC championship. They had they've had history with Alabama, just losing close ones oh, year yeah. after year after year, and then. We thought that this that year was this was George's time to win. Then the SEC championship game, Alabama just spanked them. Yeah. And we just like, wow. You're like, Hello, this Georgia team is, is not is not ready. But when they came back when they came back in that, that national championship game, I, that was like a title fight, bro. That was two heavyweight swinging, and the, blow for blow. Yeah. The other one, you take a look, and I'm looking to see if I can find this because. Uh, Matt uh, put something a nice piece together Saturday down south, which you can go check out. Um, and just you know, really writing on Stetson Bennett and just talking about his is a you know first and ten piece. Uh, you can check it out. Uh, he posted it yesterday at SaturdayDownSouth.com. But when you take a look at what Stetson Bennett in in the SEC championship game, all the other big games that he's been in this year, like we need to start talking about these college football playoff games. And Stetson was invited to New York. He was a Heisman finalist. Uh, I, I I argue with my Heisman vote that. If he's not the best player on his team, I don't know that I can put him on, on on my Heisman ballot, but a lot of people do because they just love voting for quarterbacks over everything else. But if you look at the games, Bennett, four big games this year, four games, 1,183 yards passing, 13 touchdowns, three of them on the ground, and zero picks. Has a massive quarterback rating. Um, and just basically when you take a look at what he's been able to do, uh, he is – not just a game manager, Leon. 
He is a guy that makes plays with his feet, with his arm, with his head when he needs to. Yeah, I, I wonder. I mean, you are a Heisman voter. I, I wonder. I mean, what more did the kid need to do to actually win the Heisman? I mean, I, listen. I know Caleb Williams, who won the Heisman, they went to USC. Yeah. I know he had a phenomenal season, but I mean, Stetson Benton, bro. Those those statistics that you put year. out in the big games, he shows up the most. He's, he scores for, for you. He runs the ball for you, and he doesn't turn the ball over. I mean, what else do you want? Yeah, I mean, I mean, everything you say. You say when it comes to the playoffs, picking a team is all about the eye test. Yeah. And the Heisman voter, how is that not about the eye test? In the biggest games, at the biggest moments, at the biggest time, he shines the brightest. Yeah. Uh, and, and look, don't you was, think if Caleb Williams played for Georgia, though, it would be? But he don't. don't. Pretty, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just saying, yeah, like, saying. he's I, a better player overall. And here's what happens. And it, it, this just does happen. Is you're, you're prisoner a victim, of the moment, by the yeah, way. Well, you're mm. prisoner of the moment, but you're also a victim of your own success, okay? Because George has been rolling, so you start to discount a guy a little bit. And think about this. Stetson Bennett, and JJ and I had this argument last year. Stetson Bennett, in some people's minds, exposed by Alabama in that SEC championship game. He was picked off multiple times, mm. made some poor decisions. What did he do? Comes back in that next game, shines like a superstar. Not just him, but obviously all the other players, they end up winning the national championship. And since then, he has put himself right back in the conversation, yeah. and he's not been but, a liability in any way, shape. Here's the thing when it comes to Caleb Williams in the Pac-12. Those aren't heavyweight fights. Those are bannerweight fights. Yeah, I mean, the teams I, I that they're playing, they can't, they're not on the level on the SEC as far as uh, teams go. I it's agree. Just, it was just the – there wasn't a guy who popped out this year. Yeah. So what happened was the guy at the end of the year who was playing the best football was Caleb Williams, and we're all prisoner of the moment. So we're just like – Whatever, I guess we'll just skip. And it I was to a, him. I was Why a, Duggan, they, I was he a did Duggan have a great fan year, though. Why can't you change the timing of their Heisman? Yeah. <laughs> well, because you have to have it after the season. I'm yeah. just, I'm just saying, bro. <laughs> Why does it have to be? It was, we should it's have a regular like a season. halfway it's season a reg- Heisman yeah. and a full uh, season Heisman. Yeah. I, I, the, to your point, Leon, the one thing we get caught up in is Championship Saturday is where most of the votes go. Mm-hmm. So if you're part of Championship Saturday, yep. then you're probably going to get one of those Heisman votes, which yeah. is, which is probably a little skewed because. Yeah, it is the end of the regular season, but it's championship Saturday. Not everybody gets to play. But hell, I was a I was a Max Duggan fan and a Caleb Williams fan. And the reason, and this is where we all like 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 we said, we get caught up in this. Caleb Williams took Southern Cal to where they hadn't been in a while. Max Duggan took TCU to a place where they hadn't been in a while. Just so happened Stetson kept Georgia in a place that they had been uh first time in a while. And so it 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 it's a little unfair that we discount him, but I just looked at all the other talented players that they had, especially with the guys that, that we were talking about on the defensive side of the football that Kirby Smart has, has churned out in consecutive years. You couldn't help but look at it and go, well, dang, got so many other pieces working for him. But he didn't have a star-studded what? receiving core. Yeah. Still made those players better. Didn't have Cook and all those other talented running backs either, and he still made them better. Well, listen, if I'm Nick Saban, you know what? I'm going to charge Kirby Smart with copyright infringement. <laughs> I mean, because he's also, still that's all he's man. doing. He's just stealing <laughs> blueprints. That's all he's doing, bro. He's stealing blueprints from Nick Saban on how to run the show, how to recruit, how all that kind of stuff. Yeah, all it is. Crazy. I mean, don't get me wrong now. I mean, he, he, he's, got, he, he's got his own personality and all the other stuff that goes into it. But this that train when they were on that staff that Nick Saban had, I mean all these coaches. I mean they they they're building their brand off that off of, off the uh, off of the Nick Saban train. All right, now I want to just flip this real quick since we are talking Heisman, 
quarterback. Why didn't you vote for the quarterback? And it's really, it's become a quarterback award. Has it not? It's become a quarterback award, which I am not crazy about at all. I like looking for the best players, but I'll admit it. I gravitate to the quarterback probably as much as everybody else out there. I try and try and look at all of them, but I can't help it. I was looking at B. John Robinson. I was looking at a handful of other star playmakers, wide receiver, running back, linebacker like a Will Anderson last year, but it's hard. All right, so now let's go to the NFL. And this is uh, I'm on this little uh, committee where you get to vote on certain things. And all it is is you're just trying to vote on what you think is a good storyline out there, whether you think it should change or not. Okay, this is the question, all right? In 1983, Eric Dickerson set the NFL single-season rushing record with 2,100 yards. He was not voted the NFL MVP. In 1987, Jerry Jerry Rice caught an NFL record 22 touchdown passes in just 12 games. Strike shortened season, he was not voted NFL MVP. Randy Moss broke Rice's record with 23 touchdown catches in 2007, not voted MVP. Nor was Calvin Johnson, who set the NFL season season re- single season record with 1,964 receiving yards in 2012. Since 2000, there have been 22 players selected as the NFL's, quote, most valuable. 18 of them have been quarterbacks, including 14 of the last 15. The voting is clearly slanted. Should it be? I, I, I look at it, I, I, I can't help but look at the quarterback and know that they touch the ball. They are the most important Every single time we go out and watch a football game. In all of sports, most important position. Yeah, they are. They mm-hmm. are. But why don't we just name it the most valuable quarterback award? Yeah, I totally MVP. agree. I totally agree. I mean, of course, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a bias when it comes to the quarterback. Hell, they changed the rules to protect the quarterback because they understand that the court, it's a quarterback-driven league. Everybody come, wants to see the quarterback, a healthy quarterback playing the game. But I totally agree with you. I mean, it's, it's swayed towards the guy who holds the ball the most. Yeah. It and is. so I'm voting in this power poll. This is Rick Gosselin. He puts together a, you know, a committee, and he asks for you to vote on it. Just try and see if you can at least put some information out there. And so my vote is, you know, should it be, what should the criteria be for the MVP award? I say most outstanding player in the league. That's how I'm voting for it. So then he goes on to the next question, which, bring, which brings us to the wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, Vikings. He needs 209 receiving yards over the last two games to break Calvin Johnson's single-season record, 244 yards to become the NFL's first 2,000-yard receiver. He leads the NFL with 10 100-yard receiving games this season. He's had games of 223 yards, 193, 184, and 154. That sounds like MVP to me. So the question is, if he reaches 2,000 yards, where will he finish in the MVP voting? I'd vote him number one. But but here's the thing. All you got to do is ask Vegas. The betting odds, with those numbers that you just said, the betting odds right now, Justin Jefferson, guess what number he's at? Four. And he's behind Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow. With all those those staggering statistics that you gave us, him about to break, the quarterback is still king, bro. It ticks me off. And everybody else is just jesters, bro. Yeah. The jesters. You're, you're right. You're right. It's hard to get away from that, but that's what it does feel like. Uh, you guys, if you want to chime in on that, either the Heisman quarterback 
or the MVP quarterback in the National Football League. You can hit the text line designed by Lifetime. It closes at 641-1010. We'll get back to your Jags. We're going to throw some college football playoff talk uh, at you every single day. Uh, we mentioned what the Bulldogs did a year ago, but we'll throw a couple more things as far as what's brewing coming up. What do you got? Uh, you, you know, I've been uh, I've been in the gym putting the, doing my forearm work because for my tat, for my for my tat when the gotta Jaguars get ready, the, gotta get the ready. So I'm just letting the fans know because I, I said at the beginning of the season, the Jaguars go to the playoffs. Yeah, that I will get a Jaguar tattoo. I'm gonna put Jaguar. Get a Jaguar logo on them. We'll put Legend underneath, right here on the forearm. So I've been in the gym. Legend. I've been the yeah. I'm gonna put Legend right underneath. I don't blame you. Yes. I would go if you're gonna do it. Take advantage of the opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now I need to get in touch with my man Todd Lake and yes. make sure that we're, Tell we're ready, ready to go. Uh, but you are I've been doing the yeah I've been original doing. Jaguar logo or uh, I don't I, no. I might I might I'm gonna do the logo that was on our helmet when we played. Okay. See, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. All right. I love it. I love it. It is XL Prime time. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. Started from the bottom. We saved you a seat. It's lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. JJ, I'm not going to lie. I was This song was in my head when I was watching ESPN and they showed the division leaders. And at number four, they had the Jaguars. This song immediately went in my head. I said, you know what? This team, this franchise has come a long if way. If the bro. Jags can be as successful as Drake. Uh, <laughs> wow. What about that? Huh? Yep. Started for Thank the bottom. You, Trevor. Now we're here. So you're telling me there's a chance. There's a chance. So I'm talking to a buddy of mine, uh, Sunset Grill Bud. Uh, and <laughs> Andrew just so happens to uh, represent Greg Olson uh, on some you know, business deals. And I'm like, you know, we got to get Olson on. And then Big Sir said, you know, that's that's from that's family. That's, that's, that's family. From you. And so I let him know. And he's like, schedules, you know, really crazy, this and that. And he goes, but if the Jags can make the playoffs, then, you know, I've got a really good shot of getting him on the show. Not only is he fam, he's seventh floor crew. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was part of the uh the rap team, oh, rap yeah. crew. At Miami. Oh, well, that yeah. song. Well, listen, that song is we not. Gonna, play that that's song. not going to be a single. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I hit, I hit Andrew back. I'm like, so you are telling me there's a chance? Mm. And yeah, we got a chance, which would be cool. But that's it. That's it in a nutshell. That song, yeah. and it leads us right to what Chris on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures is saying. Not saying we are, but not saying we can. He writes with how hot we are getting, but the question is. Has there ever been a team that has gone from first pick and worst record in the league to the Super Bowl next year? I know since he went from losing record to Super Bowl last year, but they didn't pick number one. Now, I'm trying to think of of a team that might have even come close. I will think of immediately the number one pick when the Indianapolis Colts got Andrew Luck and they went back to the postseason from that number one pick immediately, but they didn't go to the Super Bowl. And so that might be, you know, J.J.'s already, you know, he's Mr. Google right now just to see, but that's how quickly things can turn around. And, heck, uh, Joey Burrow and the Bengals started mm -hmm. out 0-2. They're cooking right now. They are 7-0 and in their last seven, and – they came from 17 down against Tampa, mm -hmm. had to fight off New England at the end of that last game. But to Chris's point, yeah. why why can't you believe in, in anything's yeah. possible right now with the way the team's playing? Well, I mean, listen, 
the Bengals, Joe Burrow got hurt. He blew out his ACL. Yeah. So it was his second year exactly. that they went to the yeah, Super Bowl. So they that's didn't pretty, go from number one That's pretty darn good right there. Yeah. I oh, mean, because yeah. he blew out his ACL and then came back and had the season he had then led this team to, to the Super yeah. Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, from my uh, very short research so far, it doesn't mm. look like it's ever happened. Right. Yeah, right. that's, that's, that's Which pretty Which I would hard. be shocked if it has. Yeah, I agree. And – and, you know, you're just trying to come up with whatever. Look, you can look at the teams that this team has played, and defensively they're not exactly where you'd like them to be. I totally get it. But you're talking about situational football right now, Leon, and you take a look. If you can extinguish Houston and Tennessee in back-to-back Sundays, I mean mm-hmm. put the fire out and, and just rip their hearts out and say it's our AFC South now. Yeah, uh, who, that confidence. Who knows where you could take that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, defensively, we understand this. That we, well, the defensive coordinator understands this. He understands that uh, on the back end, we have trouble covering. So he's trying to create opportunities for us to sacks, uh, turnovers. That, that that that's what this defense has done over the last couple of games. They've gotten sacks. They've gotten turnovers. They've gotten stops. Third down. Third third down stops. So. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the key moving forward. I mean, whatever they've been doing, don't change it. Just keep getting after it. Get keeps getting your stops on third down. Uh, be a bend, don't break team when it comes to the red zone. Get right. your sacks, get your fumbles, get your turnovers. Be opportunistic, all that kind of stuff. Because listen, we don't listen when Trevor against against uh, the Cowboys when Trevor fumbled that ball the, and the breath went out the big fella, <laughs> you know, uh, and then that defense. Comes out and gets a, gets a stop, yeah. It gives them the opportunity to come back and tie the game, man. That's big time. We we're not having this conversation right now about the Jaguars being a division leader if that if that game goes the way it's, it's supposed to go. As far as Dallas thought it was, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, this defense. As much as we talk about Trevor and how 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 outstanding he's been playing over the last seven weeks after that Denver game, the defense the defense has been le- legit at times. Right, and, and look, got exposed I, against Lions. Not they got exposed. Absolutely got exposed. Well, they're going to see, they're going to see a less than full complement of talent team in Houston. All right, mm-hmm. they're going to see a good defensive. I call him the defensive Santa. They're going to see a good coach in Lovey Smith, who game planned pretty well this past week. Mm-hmm. That was against Malik Flipping Willis, not against Trevor Lawrence. And this football team, the way they lost to Houston last time here at the bank letting Damian Pierce run on them, they got a bad taste in their mouth. And I hope they go into Houston saying, you know what, none of that, no more. Things are changing in the AFC South. Well, I think the one thing that the Jaguars aren't going to do, they're not going to take this team lightly. And I going to tell you, because they've been in a lot of games. Listen, they, they took the Chiefs to overtime. All right, so they've, they've been in a lot of games. They've been in a lot of fist fights. And they would like nothing more than to be spoilers yeah. for the Jaguars. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. They would love nothing more than to be spoilers. In the, in the Jaguars' pursuit to make the playoffs. Yeah, it's so, true. I mean, so I don't think this team is going to take them lightly. I think we're going to show them a, a great deal of respect because they have been fist fighting against every team they pay, mm-hmm. play. But I think that, in my opinion, this team is better. We're better equipped to beat the Texans now than we were when we when they beat us here in Jacksonville. Yeah, it's the truth. It's the truth. All right, Big Search, before you go, let's do yep. a little funky fact. Time now for a funky fact. Get funky with Funky Buddha. Funky Buddha got the delicious IPAs, the delicious Floridian. We're talking craft, all sorts of other flavors. Uh, they just want to make sure they give you a little extra zest for the holidays. Check out Funky Buddha. Look for it in the cooler section of your local grocer. So, 
Aaron Rodgers goes out on Christmas Day and made his third start on Christmas. We talked earlier about how it's Christmas is the NBA's, but the you know, NFL came in there and just basically took over. So he surpassed a couple of other guys, and he now is the quarterback that has started the most Christmas days in the NFL. Okay? All right? So there's got to be somebody with two. Exactly. Now, all he needed on Sunday was 21 passing yards to break this other player's record for the most passing yards on Christmas Day. Who was it? Wow. Most pa- passing yards on Christmas Day. If they give you a Christmas game, I mean, you gotta be someone. I'm, I'm thinking more. I'm thinking Roger Staubach type of stuff. I'm thinking about going there. See, I think back in that day, when they, you know, TV ratings weren't the weren't the issue, be all end all. Yeah. That they would probably be like, hey, it's Christmas, let's not have games today. But um, Leon's heading down the right road. May okay. not be in the right era. Oh, but, okay. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. May not be in the right era. Troy Aikman. Well, not necessarily that team, but just, you know, kind of a star. You know, a guy that, you know, you're a marquee guy. Oh. I'm going to say Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning? It's just like the go-to for me. You know what? I'm going to say Bart Starr. How about that? He did say star. All right. So, Aaron Rodgers made his third start Christmas Day. He passed two other guys for the most by a quarterback all time. One of them was Dave Craig, okay, from the Seattle Seahawks. And he was not throwing it all over the yard. But the other guy he passed was Ben Roethlisberger. And Roethlisberger Roethlisberger in two starts had 505 yards passing. And so now Aaron Rodgers is the all-time leading passer on Christmas Day. He threw for a touchdown and, you know, 200 yards. So Playing on Christmas Day three times, that's a record that will never be broken. (laughs) It might be tied, but it will definitely never be broken. Yeah, because it just rotates that way where you're going to get Christmas Day every seven years, I guess is the way it works, every six years. All right, Big Surge, you are out the door. Yep. Enjoy the rest of the afternoon. Nice shot. And make sure you stay warm. Oh, I will do that for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right. Leon, out the door. Coach Campo, fresh off. Now, our, our general manager, Steve Griffin, says, you know what? Everyone's coming in a day after that holiday ham, that turkey, that roast beast, whatever it was. He just orders some delicious pizza and, and takes it into the break room. And so Coach Campo, with all that Italian blood flowing through him, he said, I'm going to go get me a nice slice of pie before uh, I jump in on XL Primetime. So he is coming up next right here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Now, let's wow you with XL Primetime's head coach, Dave Campo. Brought to you by Beaver Chevrolet. With wow pricing every day at beaverchevrolet.com. Heard from my buddy Brett Morgan earlier today. Beaver Chevrolet cranking, getting ready for the New Year's. And he was fired up uh, over the Jaguars' possibilities of taking down the rest of the AFC South. So let's... uh, Welcome in, Coach Campo. Not running on empty. He's got a full tank, especially after that slice of pie, and he's going to wow you with some of his thoughts for the rest of the show. Coach, welcome in. How are you, buddy? I'm good. And listen, an Italian cannot even walk into a place, no matter where the pizza is, without smelling it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, automatic. I'm a sausage guy. Yeah. You'll, you'll sniff it out. And like you said, you didn't care how much you ate. No, you're still no I had a, a little uh, meal before I got in. But as yeah. soon as I smelled the pizza, that was it. <laughs> All right. Now, Coach is going to hang out with us the next few days. So if you've got a coach, coach question, you can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures at 641-1010. By the way, Coach, before we get rolling, i got to at least give a, a couple of uh, shout-outs off the text line. 
uh, for Christmas. Best gift, someone writes, Leon's book. That's yeah. pretty nice. I like hearing that. So if they gave that Love fourth that. down and damn alignment story as a Christmas Christmas gift, that's pretty cool. Come up here and get it autographed. Exactly. Sirs will take care of you. And then also, uh, we were talking about birthdays earlier, too close to the holidays. Uh, Alex, the crane operator, who's always listening, uh, working some big project, he says his birthday is today. Oh. Talk about uh, off on Christmas and your birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah, there you go. So he's loving it. He's loving it. All right, Coach, did you have a good Christmas? Wonderful. Yeah. You know, I got three boys here in town, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they were there with their families, and it was uh, it was really good. And, and you know, I gave a shout-out to my son, Michael, the other day. Mm-hmm. He, he he brought me a nice present since yeah. since I shouted him out <laughs> on, the, on the radio. So it was good. We, we uh, had a, a nice Christmas Eve. We played some Christmas games, yeah. went to see some lights. And then we uh, had a Christmas at our house I like the, it. the next day. It was good. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, now let's get to the Christmas uh, the Jaguar fans are hoping for more than anything else. You, you were with us last Thursday when we were uh, talking about this Jags-Jets game. They come out with a W, so let's at least start there, and we'll, we'll kind of roll through some other things, playoff scenarios and whatnot. But, you know, that was, that was a, a real important game. Not a good football team necessarily that they faced – offensively, but a real good defensive team that they faced caused problems early when Trevor coughed up the football, but take it from there. They showed resiliency and it's been Trevor. uh, That's been his mantra really since London. No question. I think, uh, you know, he has a tremendous amount of confidence right now. I think the team has a a tremendous amount of confidence. You know, I felt in that game, they they were going to have to run the football in order to have a chance to win. This is before there was any weather weather Mm -hmm. situation because of the fact that they were a pretty good rush team, uh, rushing the passer. And uh, w- the long drive they got, they only had one third down. That was a third and one on the one-yard line. Everything else was first and second down. So, you know, they did what they had to do to win that football game. And, uh, you know, we'd like to have seen a few more points, but it doesn't matter. It's what, what shows on the clock at 0 yeah. and And that was, a, that was a good win. I was really excited when they got that last field goal because – I get nervous when it's, uh, you know, it's uh, not uh, a full two-score plus uh, situation down yeah. the stretch. Yeah, you want to like have it in hand, and I and I, I totally get it. And look, when they when they when they sent that reveler, streveler, yep. Kevler, whoever he was, into the ball game, uh, fresh from the CFL, uh, a little panic kind of swept over me. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny it because he was this unpredictable, unknown quantity with the football in his hand. Yeah, there's no question that they caught him a little bit by surprise. But you know what? Going down the stretch here, that's the best thing that could have happened mm-hmm. because that's what they're going to see from uh, the Driscoll kid down here. At, uh, you know, they, uh, Houston has now got a two-headed quarterback situation right. with Mills and Driscoll. Driscoll's going to run the, the zone read. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, if Willis is the starter in the last one, you're going to see the zone read again. So – that really gave them an idea of, of, of what to expect and, and uh, how to defend it mm-hmm. because they got a bit, little better with it as it went along. See, I like that. Uh, just kind of like, okay, here's an opportunity that presented itself that we didn't realize. Now we got something on tape. Uh, let's see how you guys reacted to it. Uh, and uh, spend another minute because Jeff Driscoll and Malik Willis, both of those guys, you very well could see like you're describing. Uh, and it gives these op- – I would think it gives Mike Caldwell and that defensive – 
linebackers and defensive front line coach a chance to say, "Hey, think about this next time we see this." Yeah, we you know the the stop of the of the uh, the uh, zone plays and the and the quarterback keep and the and uh, you know the any of those type plays is discipline. Mm-hmm. You know, you, there's got to be somebody on the diff- uh, defense, no matter what, that is responsible for the dive and somebody that's responsible for the quarterback. And that takes discipline because when a team's running the dive, running the dive, running the dive, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the quarterback pulls it, the tendency for those guys is to react to the dive. And that's when that that run uh, comes in. And, you know, I think it's good that they had an opportunity to see it again. And it's hurt him in the past. The kid mm-hmm. from the uh, the Giants hurt him, you know, with the with the uh, run. Oh, so never... that's things that they, that can certainly help them down the down the road. Yeah, he ne- he never stopped running. No, uh, and, and and it's funny in the beginning, such a quick start for this football team. They were able to pick off a a, a hurting Justin Herbert with the ribs, and they were able to knock Indy around early, shut him out in the beginning of of the season. And then they got to Danny Jones, and they helped revive his career. And then they let Russ get out of London with a win, and it, and it, everything was just kind of sideways. And you're like, "What's going on?" It went from two and one to a two and five football team, and it was such a tough thing to figure out. But through all of that, and you've been part of XL Primetime and Campo and Joe through all of it, you've seen this maturation process, this this growth from this football team to weather a month of of L's. They didn't win in October, did they? I don't believe no, they did. No, no, yeah. no. They were over. Yeah, they were over October, <laughs> and and that's something that we're unfortunately used to. Yeah. And yet they were able to come out of that bad boy. There was actually after the final game in October, I heard a couple of commentators mention the word draft. Uh huh. Oh yeah. And that changed drastically <laughs> with the next week and the next week and the next week and the next week. Yeah. It was unavoidable because you couldn't help it. And, and it's funny, we were just thinking about it. And I wrote the line earlier when we were talking about the show. You know, when the football year started, when the football year got here, did you ever think you would be here, right here, a couple days after Christmas, after the Titans got beaten by the Houston Texans at home? Well, well, first of all, you have to, you have to uh, thank the Titans for backing up to us. Yeah. Because, you know, when you look at it, uh, you know – some of us predicted predicted seven wins mm-hmm. yeah. at the beginning of the season. I predicted six, so they're already one over me. Right, and and a lot of it is uh, the maturation. The key is the 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 turnaround mm-hmm. and and what bodes going forward, whether it's this year, next year, or whatever. You know, we talked a lot about it being a quarterback year. Right, how he goes, we go, and and, and you know there was a little concern after the after the Denver game in London but uh you know you could really see the guy making little adjustments a little uh improvements even with the poor game mm-hmm. you know you just uh you, you could see that this guy had what it took to be a, a a really good quarterback in the league now the last five ball games he's like you know as good as anybody in the league right now and that's really what you're looking at is a guy that has supreme confidence and now knows what he's capable of and also isn't satisfied with that. He knows that, A, I can, I can do this, but there's more I can do. I can get better every single time. That's what Leon was talking about earlier. Every single time you get back in that film room, you get back and you see pluses and minuses. Yeah, and, and really for him, 
that's really who he is. Mm -hmm. You know, I think he's a guy that, that truly wants to be great. And, you know, when you got a guy like that, you have a pretty good chance. Number one, he's smart, so you know he can improve. From that standpoint, we always felt that smart guys can be co coached. Yeah. And, and I'm sure he's being coached with, with a bunch of good guys working with him. And he's got the mentality that, you know, hey, I, I need to do better and uh, I've got to do everything I can to get it done. And, and that's what he's doing right now. And hopefully that will consider, uh, continue for the rest of the year. I always like to shout out Jim Bob Cooter, give him a little credit, but there really is no, uh, like, we shouldn't downplay what Doug Peterson, what Press Taylor, and Mike McCoy have right. all meant to him when you add it all up as far as his maturation. You know, I was a little bit, it was <clears throat> going to be, it was a little interesting to me because I felt last year, for an example, there were too many uh, cooks in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And then when I saw all the guys involved in the passing game here, when it was announced, right. I kind of had that little bit of feeling. But after watching them in training camp and the way they went about their business and who was responsible for what. Right and how they were putting the game plan together as the season went on, this is an outstanding group. Yeah. Uh, I, I, the only problem with it is I can't see them all staying together, you know, for the, for the duration. Yeah. But I think Doug Peterson uh, put together an outstanding staff uh, on that side of the ball, and, and, and that's great. That's for the maturation of the quarterback, yeah. nothing better. You've got guys that have done it before. They know what it looks like. And they know what it takes. Yeah, and the two main voices that he's heard has been Peterson and McCoy. Yeah. So the, the quarterback coach is real, real important. Right. And, you know, the, the one thing about it is it, it looks to me like those are the technique guys mm -hmm. and the confidence guys. Press Taylor's got a great mind. And and I think Joe Bob Jim Bob Cooter mm -hmm. has, has got a, a coordinator's mind. Those yeah. guys are doing the behind-the-scenes stuff, and the other guys are implementing everything. All right, now you said something that's going to lead me to the 10-10 take because not not just what happened here in Duval, it's what happened up in the otherville that you pair those together and it really changed this season on a dime. Now, Josie's 10-10 take. Slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pit master since 68. So if you did all the cooking over the Christmas holiday, you probably want someone else to do the cooking. You're back at it. You're working hard. Make sure you head on into one of your area sunnies and enjoy some delicious barbecue. No pilot high for you. Make sure it's hot and ready to go because they know that you are on the move. Sunnies all over the first coast. So think about what happened. We just talked about Jacksonville going 0 for October. We just talked about how they turned a major corner after that London loss, how Trevor has basically rebuilt things. Take a look at what the Tennessee Titans did. After opening up 0-2, they – proceeded to rip off seven wins in eight football games. Seven wins, including five in a row. Then they lost to the Chiefs, which was a heck of a game in overtime. Then they dropped two more games to Denver, or excuse me, then they won two more games, uh, beating Denver and beating Green Bay up at Lambeau. And you're like, oh, man, the juggernaut is back. Here comes Tennessee. Here comes Tennessee. They have lost five straight football games since then. So while Jacksonville is on a three-game win streak, first time in a half decade that they've done that, the Tennessee Titans are on a five-game losing streak. That's how quickly things can turn around. We think we know something in September. We think we know something in October about what an NFL team 
or season looks like? Take a look at this example. Jacksonville 0 for October. Tennessee was winning seven of eight ball games, and now it has flipped 180 degrees in the other direction. That is the 10-10 take. Think about that, Coach. That's how quickly it went from good to bad there and from bad to good here. It's all about matchups and personnel in this league. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they've had injuries. You know, when you look at their football team, they've had some guys banged up. Plus, I think that their their, uh, running back, who's really the key to their team, I think is is wearing out a little bit. He's a little older now. Uh, He's getting a bunch of carries. And, uh, you know, if there was anybody that, that they were going to rest during this game playing the, the, the Giants on a short week, uh, excuse me, the Cowboys mm-hmm. on a short week, it would be him. Yeah. Because he's the key to what they do against us in that final ball game. Yeah. Uh, you know, they've got to be able to run the football with a quarterback hurt, probably not going to play. You've got a young quarterback. You know, the only positive for them is that he will have played – Three ball games, right? Uh, you know that helps him, Willis. But uh, it's going to go on the heels of that running back. And if you remember, in the first game, they started out running that football pretty darn effectively. Mm-hmm. And you know, again, uh, you know, you, it, it's a long season. He's a little older, and and uh, it takes a toll on those guys. Yeah, it really does. It really does. All right, as we head into the two o'clock hour. We're going to work some college football playoff talk back in. We brought up Georgia. We're going down with our great moments of 2022. J.J. will just lay them out there, either season by season, sport by sport, as we go through, just to kind of remember. Yeah, 2022. A lot of stuff to forget in a long year. Because just going through it, I'm like, oh, yeah. Exactly. And you're sitting there going, oh, man, I remember that. What a great moment. What a great moment. What a great moment. And then it just flies by so dang fast. Like Scotty Scheffler. Oh, yeah. 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 Putting on a green jacket. 80 that to dude. 1 underdog at the uh, Kentucky Derby. Like, yeah. You two youngsters don't have any idea how fast it goes. <laughs> but it's so funny because I feel like most everyone agreed this year. I don't know why. Everyone said, you're right, man. It fast. absolutely yeah. flew by. This college football season just disappeared. So dang fast. All right, so we've got some college that will work in the college football playoff. Uh, we'll ask Coach about another coach being fired, uh, Nate Hackett being run out of the Mile High City. Uh, what does that mean? Is Sean Payton going to be looked at up there? All that stuff is ahead in the 2 o'clock hour, thanks to Beaver Chevrolet and Beaver Toyota. Coach wows you with his thoughts, and we say thanks to Beaver Chevy for bringing him to you, and we say thanks to you for always hanging out with us. Cooper's wife, Anna, the family. This guy has had some year. Al, I've got to tell you, in a pressure situation, I don't know if I have ever seen anybody be better than Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. They had no choice. That was the entirety of their passing game, and they got it done for the go-ahead touchdown. This is XL Primetime. Brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Great moments from 2022. And you know what we do on XL Primetime? We do it extra large, okay? We give you all the big moments from this last calendar year. We are in our last hour before the Francis Show takes over. Joe C. Coach Campo hanging out with us. He'll be with us today, tomorrow, and Thursday as Maddie and Mia are off on vacation. 
JJ making it happen with all the, the highlights. And you go back and you hear Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels, you know, basically just love on Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford. They were a great combo coach last year. What in the heck happened this year? I, I don't quite know, but just stick to that Super Bowl for a minute. That was that was a hell of a run. They picked they picked the right guy to come in there and take over that quarterback position and get it done. Yeah, they did. And and of course they they kind of uh, mortgaged the future. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. and, and uh, you know, their their GM was wearing a, a, a shirt around saying I won't say the word. Blank yeah. draft picks. Yeah. 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 Something Don't, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, you know, it's because they did everything, giving away their draft picks to to put veteran guys on the field, and yep. it, it paid off. Then you go to this year, and Cooper Cup gets hurt. They don't have OBJ, who was a, you know, was a big factor Dynamic. last year, especially yeah. in that game. And then uh, Stafford gets banged up. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's a fine line in the NFL. We we talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. We just talked about it with one team winning seven in a row, then losing <laughs> five in a row. Another team loses four in a row and then wins four in a row. Right. You know, it, it really comes down to uh, what have you done for me lately and how do you play that day on that day? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, they just had a, a, a great year with the guys they had. And now the guys are a little older, got some injuries, the older team you have the more chance you have for injury, and that's what happens. Yeah, it's true. It, it goes away so dang fast if you're not careful. And Sean McVay, considered one of the brighter minds in the National Football League, heck, he pulls Baker Mayfield, uh, uh, you know, puts him on a Tuesday Greyhound, gets him there, starts him on a Thursday, and, and they put together a nice little win streak, which is a little bit of a head-scratcher. This last one was against a really bad Denver Bronco team, but still they hung 50. 51 on them. Yeah, but that's an example of what a coach can do, you know, when you've got a guy. Look, everybody uh, rags on Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield belongs in the league. Now, whether or not he's a, a you know, a great starter, mm-hmm. who knows, but he's an NFL quarterback, and anything can happen in, in a game with, with matchup situations. Yeah. And, and you know, he, he just uh, – Happened to do well, and, and that's great. Well, I, I like the fact, and, and I'm so up-down on, on Baker Mayfield. Uh, like I, I enjoy him. I, I really do, even though I, I probably bet against him or didn't think he'd make it or whatever. He's still a good story, and I like the fact that McVay's been able to at least get something going with him, uh, maybe against a bad football team this past week, but also went up uh, and scored a pretty impressive win the week before, that's for sure. Uh, all right, so – Let's get back to the Jags. I want to get to the college football playoff with you uh, as well because you're a guy who's seen a lot from the college football world, so we'll get into that coming up. But I just want to get back to a couple things uh, for the Jags and and, and take this into the 2 o'clock hour. If you guys have questions on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, you can hit it at 641-1010. You can ask Coach anything as far as the Jags are concerned. But the fact that they now have DeWan Smoot gone, Coach, and we knew that Cam Robinson – was facing surgery. Looks like surgery has been performed. He's on IR. Uh, Walker Little played pretty well the other night. And now you have another loss. I'm talking a key cat in that defensive line rotation in DeWan Smoot missing going forward. Yeah, that's a, that's going to hurt us. Uh, you know, the one thing about DeWan Smoot, he was so versatile. Mm-hmm. You know, he can go inside, outside. 
He can go inside in the nickel. He can also play the run, uh, you know, and and he was an integral part of, of the defense going forward, mm-hmm. uh, tied with Josh Allen for, for the uh, sack leadership with five. But the thing about him that, that, that I think they'll miss the most is that he was an every-down, full-go guy. Yeah. You know, he played hard. He, he again, from a versatile situation, he, he can uh, play the run inside, outside, part of the rotation. He was really big. And then, of course, you get, you know, a Walker, or excuse me, a, a, a Trayvon Walker mm-hmm. hurt, mm-hmm. and you got that guy. The guy that's going to have to come on now, in my opinion, is key. Yeah. He's going to have to, you know, step up a notch because I'm hopeful that Walker will be back. Right. And then now key is that rotational piece that, that has to be able to get in there and keep guys fresh. Yeah, and Arden has done a good job, a spark plug type of guy. You're looking for guys to win one-on-one battles – and depending on what Mike Caldwell and, and, and the defensive game plan is, you turn a guy loose, he's got to get home, he's got to get to the quarterback. And Arden Key's done a pretty good job of that. And, and, and I like the fact that if you do see one guy go down with injury, you see another guy rise up. And that's what you got to have, right? Yeah, it's next man up. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, this team is not as depth or great as they should be. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's down the road. But – uh, again, uh, I like Dewan Smoot. I'm sorry, but that won't be there for. The, I'm sure he wanted to be there for the end of this whole thing, and and uh, hopefully he'll uh, come back and be. I think they should re-sign him, depending upon how that Achilles is for right. sure. I, I tell you what, I I hate that injury, yep. and I don't want to compare one guy's Achilles to another guy's because that's just it's not fair. They're different positions, different bodies, all that kind of stuff but there's no getting away from what an Achilles can do to a career. It can kill it in a lot of ways. And James Robinson, it's, it's a damn shame what yes. has happened to him right. from a, this was yesterday was the anniversary of his Achilles uh, tendon rupture, December 26th last year. He was a healthy scratch the other night against the uh, Jags uh, in a Jets uniform. And you hate seeing that because you want to talk about an effort guy. I mean, James Robinson and, Dewan Smoot, probably you could put him in the same pile just as far as getting so much more out of one was undrafted, one was drafted third round, and that those dudes have been making play. Yeah, it's a shame for Robinson from the standpoint that, you know, he was on a pace to get to the second contract. You mm-hmm. know, for a guy that's a free, you know, a, a free agent, college free agent. Right. I mean, that's like hitting a gold mine. And then, you know, you get an injury like that, and you don't know what the future brings. All right, so here's off the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures for you, Coach. Defense allowed Baltimore to go right down the field and score and got smoked by Detroit, allowed Dallas to go eight plays, 75 yards to retake the lead. This defense is good against teams like the Jets, Titans, Texans, et cetera, with crap quarterbacks. What say you to that? I think the guy's pretty observant. Maybe he ought to come on the show. <laughs> There's no question. You hear me say it all the time. I probably said it five times already today. Mm-hmm. Matchups. Mm-hmm. There's no question in my mind that they were going to have a better chance against the Baltimore Ravens, against the Titans. Uh, I thought they were going to, and I thought they were going to have a little bit of a problem against Detroit because yeah. of the back end yeah. and the pass rush. And then I, I, I really thought they were going to have a little bit of a problem with the Cowboys, and they certainly did. Mm-hmm. You know, they ended up giving up 30 points. Yeah, so, let's not forget that. So, to me, uh, that's who we are right now on defense. So, when you play against a team that has a 
let's say they and and, and believe me, this is all speculation. Mm-hmm. But let's say they have to play. Uh, they get to the playoffs mm-hmm. and they have to play against Burrow, for an example, and and Chase and receivers like that. They're going to have a problem. That's mm-hmm. a problem. The offense is going to have to outscore the other team. But when they play a team like the Texans, the the uh, Ravens, right? The you know the guys we've been talking about, the Titans, the defense. At least if they can just hold serve, the offense has a chance to outscore them with not a whole total number of points. Yeah, yeah. And if you think about it, if you just take a look at what they have in front of them, Doug Peterson can't beat two teams in one football game or anything like that. Don't make anything bigger than it is. Don't try and go out and win. Uh, against anybody other than who you're playing. I mean, that really, that's how, and that's how he's approached it to this point, I believe. Yeah, listen, this team has approached it that way for sure. One of the, one of the best uh, interviews I heard after the ball game, they were walking off the field, and Martineau was interviewing uh, Robinson Harris, mm-hmm. and he said he tried to uh, tried to get him to say, oh, you know. Oh, we're getting ready for we, we got a chance to go to the playoffs and all that. Right. And all Harris said is, hey, we just gotta keep what we're doing, pay attention to what we're doing. We got a game next week. We gotta, you know, approach that game. That comes from the entire staff, the entire team. Uh that's what they've got going right now, which I think makes them dangerous. Yeah, and and, and I know it's a boring answer. It really is. But if Doug can get that in their brain and then let them basically work at that clip. Instead of thinking we won something, we need to be crowned, just kind of stay present. And uh, that's that old classic line, be where your feet are and make the play you need to make to be successful right now. And that yeah. does sound like, you know, a lot of coach no, speak. But- yeah, that's not a lot of coach speak. That is the way you have to approach it in this league because the teams are so close together that if you don't play your best in every ball game, you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody's go- going undefeated in the National Football League. You know, it just doesn't happen. And, you know, that's because when you play the next game, it has nothing to do with what you did the week before right. or what you're going to do the week after. It only depends on what you do that day. All right, you guys want to hit us with questions? You can, 641-1010. Hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. I do need to get it to a little college ball. Are you looking up here, JJ? Georgia Southern and Buffalo are deadlocked at 14 all. Oh, who do you got in this? Oh, I, I like uh, I like <laughs> Buffalo because I think of Buffalo wing sauce. And so I probably went with them. Geo South, uh, you know, there's still some scar tissue from them beating Florida without uh, uh, completing a pass. I don't even think they attempted a pass. Uh, and so I, 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 I'm i on Buffalo's side here. Does Georgia Southern even run the triple option? I, think, I don't think they do. No, I think they wiped shame. it away over the last couple of years. My man, uh, the uh, famed punter, Luke Cherry, uh, from from Georgia Southern, we'll have to educate us on that. I'm not sure, but we brought up Georgia earlier. Ooh, did I get clobbered on the text line over that one? I I, I discounted Stetson Bennett's play, and Bulldog Nation has come after me. So we'll get back to the college football playoff and some of those thoughts as we also look back on the year that was 2022 with some of the great sports moments. This week 18 of the 2022 season is the start of this team being a perennial playoff team and a, and a team that will compete for Super Bowls. It is now time for us, the fans, to show up 
No more excuses. I don't care if it's a holiday. I don't care if it's raining. I don't think it's cold or hot or anything else. Let's go. Let's come out. Let's rock. Let's make that place. You'll shake. Because I do believe we have great fans. Now we need to go buy the tickets. We need to go show up. And we need to go support this team on week 18. Yeah. And, and deliver them into the playoffs. This is XL Primetime. Brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool. On 1010XL. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. I feel like the Hall of Famer has spoken, uh, and he, in fact, is correct. Tony Baselli, breakfast with Baselli on the drill this morning, talking about this team could be arriving, could be a perennial playoff team. And that's what all of Duval begged for, Coach. And I'm not telling anyone to run out and buy them that they have to or anything like that, but I agree with what Tony's saying. You got a product, man. You should be pretty pretty stoked. Hey, listen, I'm I'm kind of shocked if tickets aren't going well. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only thing it, it it would show me is that the all the guys that did the bitching and moaning don't mm-hmm. go to the games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They watch it on TV. <laughs> yeah. We need to get some guys that take people at the game. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, that's big. It's I, huge. I love the energy that comes out, especially the noisy north and all the ones that are there. Bold City uh, Brigade, all of them, they bring it. Uh, but yeah, you'd you'd like to see. It's your it's your stadium, it's your bank, uh, and and you want to basically be the ones there soaking it all up. And there's so many fans that absolutely love it, look forward to it. And now you got something you can look forward to. Absolutely. Before you were just looking forward to the tailgate. Now you got now you got a ball game that you can look forward it's to. It's all confidence. It's like it's like uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, and the team. Mm-hmm. You know the reason the way you come back from 17 down is that you got a quarterback that you think can bring you back. Yeah, yeah. We have one. Exactly. Well, the fans, the only way we're going to get to where we need to get is the fans. you got some confidence now on this team. Yeah. Show up. Yeah. Let's roll. Yeah, because you've had two major comeback wins these last two against the Ravens and the Cowboys at the bank. and it, It'll be something if you can beat up on the Titans on the last game, close out the regular season here, and then turn right around and get ready to host a playoff game. How big will that be? That would be huge. Yeah, absolutely. That'll be a big ticket, as you can imagine. There's no doubt about that. So, all right. So, uh, we mentioned college football. We'll get back to the Jags. But I was saying I was getting clobbered earlier, Coach, because, look, we were loving on Stetson Bennett and the job that the Georgia Bulldogs have done under Kirby Smart. And I was simply saying that Stetson – I had a tough time voting for Stetson as a Heisman Trophy finalist when I didn't consider him the best player on his team. Is that a slap at Stetson Bennett? No, it's a compliment to the other guys who I say are even better, like Jalen Carter uh, being one of them, like uh, their tight end being one of them. I mean, there are some dynamic players on this Georgia football team. Anyway, uh, we got one on the text line, Caleb Williams. How many playoff games does he want? Georgia, Stetson, 28-0 last 28 regular season games. And then he goes, non-biased Gator Homer, coward, can't be stopped. No, that would be biased if you are going to put me in that corner. Uh, it's been over a decade since the Gators mattered. Also, that was me who brought up Caleb Williams. I'm yeah. not a Gator. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm a Kane. I don't care about Georgia whatsoever, yeah. like for or against. I'm it, just like, if you really think Stetson Bennett's a better overall quarterback than Caleb Williams, you're a Georgia fan. Yeah. Those are literally the only people on earth who believe that. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with being that. No, yeah. he was he's been great for Georgia. He's like the Ken Dorsey of Georgia. I respect that. Yeah. But and, and I, I still think he's not the best quarterback in college football. Right. I, I can't help but come away you know, from any of these games, kind of 
admiring the way Stetson Bennett has handled that position. Absolutely. He's played his tail off. But I also look at it, and I look at the dynamic nature of Caleb Williams. I'm not even saying that what they're doing out there in Pac-12 land, Coach, which I know you know because you were with uh, Southern Cal for a couple of seasons. You know what the product is like. I'm not saying it's softball out there compared to hardball over here, but Caleb Williams still took a USC team and brought them to the conversation, to the dance, very close to Well, anybody that was in that conversation obviously did something special. Yeah. Or they wouldn't be in the conversation. Right. But to me, it's kind of like Dan Marino and Troy Aikman. Mm -hmm. They're both in the Hall of Fame, yet one – which one was the better quarterback? Marino. Marino. Yeah. Who won three Super Bowls Troy. with pretty good talent around him? Yeah. Troy Aikman. Yeah. They both made it. Mm-hmm. So I think the vote that you vote on is based on how you look at what the most valuable player is. Yeah. Is it the guy that can lead your team and not just a game manager, but a guy that made plays? Yes. Or do you go with a guy that might not be as – uh, you know, dynamic, uh, I mean, and and not a, as big a winner overall, right. but is dynamic. Uh, to me, like uh, my favorite for the Heisman this year was Duggan from mm-hmm. yeah, TCU. Yeah, Max Duggan, really good player. Because he took a team that no way should be there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he was such a great competitor and everything, but I looked at it differently. Do I think Caleb uh, is a better quarterback? Probably. Yeah. He's a, probably a better quarterback than Stetson Bennett, too. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it as a winner as opposed to the best single player, yeah. uh, you know, it's not – it's how you look at MVP. Mm-hmm. MVP is, to me, is who gives your team the best chance to win. Right. It's, it's so hard to kind of parse out whether, all right, if you take this guy off of this team, what do they do? Well, that proves just how valuable he was. That's, that's a good way to look at it. But then you also take a look at what we were just talking about in the break – both you and I vote in the uh, in the Rich Gosselin power poll that a Justin Jefferson 2,000-yard receiving season, which would be the all-time mark. I know it's 17 games versus 16. You have to factor that in. But he will be the first ever to go over 2,000 yards receiving the football. That's got a lot of MVP in it, if you ask me. Yeah, I agree with you. But the only the, what's going to – it's a quarterback-driven game. More so than any other game, I think, where one person is such a big factor. Uh, However, Trent Dilfer is an example of a guy that uh, went to the Super Bowl, took a team to the Super Bowl without with great players. He wasn't great. He Mm -hmm. wasn't uh, that good a a quarterback. So it it really comes down to uh, the only way a receiver or a running back anymore is going to be an MVP as if there's no quarterback out there yeah. that that just sticks out like a Mahomes or a uh, you know Rogers the two that he won or whatever. It's a hell of a thing, but that is the way it is, and there's no getting away from it. That's for sure. Uh, and quarterbacks rule the world, which I guess I'm okay with. But uh, real quick, TCU, Michigan, because you and I'll do a little a triple T and A with the these college football semifinals coming up over the next couple of days, but. You just mentioned Max Duggan and what he can do. You certainly know what Jim Harbaugh has been able to do with Michigan getting him to the playoff again. Do you like that matchup? You, yeah, I, 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 I lead towards Michigan simply because they're so powerful. You know, they can run the football. Mm-hmm. And 
Uh, you know, they've been in some really, really big ball games, whereas TCU, different conference, uh, have come close in some games that I don't think Michigan would. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I would go with Michigan, but I think TCU has some quality players. I mean, they, they've got some receivers that can make things happen, and, and that quarterback, to me, is a winner. Yeah. So I think it's a good matchup. Yeah, I'm two gonna, different teams. Yeah, exactly, and and styles too. That's what I mean, uh, yeah, style what, wise. Yeah. yeah, and what you can get away with uh, offensively in the Big Ten versus what you uh, see offenses in the Big Twelve do over and over and over. Uh, look at all the comfort behind wins that TCU had this past year. Uh, inside that conference, you're used to scoring and scoring and scoring and scoring, and so we'll find out whether or not that defense that they see uh, wearing the maize and blue is just gonna you know just haul off and wallop them and and. And handle them. I don't know whether they will or not. I, I think they could control the ball. I think that's yeah. the biggest thing that right. Michigan probably has a little bit of an advantage in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's especially because it wasn't just Blake Corm that was running the football. They had other guys running it too, right. uh, which means that they could maybe slow it down, control the clock. Might be a little more boring than you want, but we'll see how it goes. They can they can score a little bit as well. J.J. McCarthy's done a pretty dang good job. Well, you know, uh, Kansas State is to me is similar to mm-hmm. Michigan. Mm-hmm in their style. Right. And, you know, they had some trouble played. with Kansas State. Yeah, played them right lost, to the wire. Yeah, they lost. Yeah. But they, it was, you know, they, it was a struggle. Yeah, they had a comfort behind win against them earlier because I think they were trailing like 14 nothing or by 14 points in the regular season. And then we all know that they came up short right. at the goal line. All right, we keep it rolling. Sexel Primetime, Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota. They bring you Tuesday's show. They bring you some why your thoughts from Coach Campo as well. Hanging out, you can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Back to the Jags and the NFL. We need to take a look at these playoff scenarios, Coach, and what came out of this past weekend. We'll do that coming up. This is XL Primetime, protected by Preferred Roofing on 1010XL. Right off of what Tony Baselli said on the drill this morning, you just heard Gibby's update, and – on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, fans are saying they are going to be there. They are fired up and ready to go. Uh, uh, I'll uh, paraphrase this one because you know my word means this word. Can't flipping wait. Uh, I'm just putting flipping in there for this you. This was locker room talk. Can't flipping wait to be in the bank. January 8th, Jaguars Nation, let's ride. Uh, another one, uh, three seats from the Jag dude on the west side. Another one, uh, I'll be there in section 218 for life. Uh, and so another one, I bought eight tickets in November, uh, LFG for the final game. And so, yeah, they are all fired up. That's for sure. And that's the way it should be because you want this football team to be able to just give you those moments that you've been waiting for, for so long that you've been patiently waiting. Listen, you had to live through, uh, an $88 million Come and go, guy, and Nick Foles, uh, and it, it it was it was one thing when when you kind of had to wrap your head around the idea that that Dave Caldwell, with Shad Khan's checkbook, committed eighty eight million dollars to Nick Foles. Uh, you had to live through that, and then to be able to see him good say goodbye, and then last night he ended up throwing three picks. Coach, you saw him last night. Oh my gosh. Uh, what what a what a terrible performance! Well, it's almost impossible to throw a guy out there. He was it, just thrown right into the fire. Yeah, you no, know, and uh, uh, you know, in in comparison to that, Minshew, I thought did a heck of a job for yeah for, on Sunday? for Philadelphia. Yeah, 
you know, but uh, almost pulled it off. Yeah, but it's not the same team. You know, I mean, uh, we just talked about the fact that you have a lot of guys around you. You can look pretty good. But mm-hmm. uh, Foles, uh, you know, I think Shad did a good thing, though. He, he he made a mistake on that one, but he got the guy that had Foles make that kind of money in Doug Peterson. So yeah. so he, he, he rectified himself, hopefully. It's the truth. It's the truth. All right, off the text line is I, my lifetime enclosures, one for Coach Campo. Uh, if you want to get in, you can throw one at us. Uh, Coach, to get the most out of your defensive players, you need to put them in positions where they're, where they're comfortable. But what do you do when that conflicts with the correct or, quote, perfect defense for a particular opponent? Well, First of all, the, putting them when they're in a position where they know what they're doing and mm-hmm. can do it the best they can do is the best thing to do. So that's what I think they're starting to do. You know, they're simplifying. They're they're making it to where a guy like Lloyd doesn't have to be told where he's lined up every single play. Right. You know, and let Lloyd play football. And he improved this past week. So, you know, that overrides everything in my opinion now. Uh, You have to have a few things, though, if you can't get to the passer Mm -hmm. and you're worried about covering, every once in a while you got to blitz. You know, that you just can't sit there and let them control the entire game. There's there's things you have to do to slow somebody down. But when you're doing too many things, that takes the athletic ability out of some players. It's like I told you before, not only does it take away his ability to just play free – the guy's trying to line him up uh, has also got extra work detail that he's got to worry about. Now, I'd have to check this stat line. I did get a kick out of it, though, as far as the turnaround that this football team has experienced and just trying to figure out who gets credit because Devin Lloyd got sat down uh, for a little while and Chad Muma came in. Uh, one of the text line was pointing out, how is it that this football team has uh, basically – put together a nice little win streak with Kalevon Chase on in the lineup. He says, why are the Jags 5-2 and two with Kalevon in the lineup, but 2-6 and six without him this season? And it's just the way other things fell around. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you could probably say that about every guy in the league, for crying out loud. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it comes down to who they're playing, how they're playing on that day, and, you know, that's it. The uh, question that we were asking you earlier about Nate Hackett, uh, getting bounced uh, up in mile high. Uh, it, it's been a disaster of a season for Denver. I don't think we talked about this $88 million check that Chad once said, go ahead and write. Think about the money that was spent up in Denver to get Russell Wilson out of Seattle, bring him in there, thought they had this championship level defense, good running back, couple of good wide receivers. Let's just go get Russ and let's go win it. Well, anyway, we all know what's happened. It's a disaster. What do you think about Nate Hackett getting bounced? He's well, first of all, no question. Yeah, well, first of all, there's only been five head coaches, I believe, that have been let go uh, during the season or a- after one season. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, that's kind of unusual, but I think the thing that really pushed it over the edge, obviously it's been a struggle for them. I don't think Russell Wilson – you know, I haven't seen enough of him to say he's lost everything, mm. but I, I think he's struggled, obviously, during the whole year, whether it's a system or whatever. But I think the thing that pushed it over the edge is that, the, you know, it looked like the team was undisciplined and he had lost control of the team, especially in this last ball game where Randy Gregory punched a guy in the face and, mm. and uh, 
there were some arguments on the sideline between the offensive line and the, and a backup quarterback and mm-hmm. some of the things that caused that. I think number one, new ownership took over after Hackett had been hired, so there was no loyalty there between between the organization and mm-hmm. and the, and Hackett. Right. And then to look and see how they've played this year, and then to have looking like it's he's lost control of the discipline of his football team. Mm-hmm. That's how it happened. I think if it had been an ownership that actually was there and and hired him, yeah. I don't think he would have gone this yeah. year. Yeah, it's it, it. I guess it's a perfect storm in a negative way uh, against Nate Hackett. Uh, first time being a head coach, having to basically. Uh, put this all together after the big deal was done. And then the ownership changed like you're describing. And I don't know what happens to their GM. He's the guy that made the decision too. Uh, and so it, it just went terribly wrong, but there's just like, I mean, you can come up with any example. They bought something that they thought was more valuable because it was, and now it looks like it's nowhere near what it was. It's like, uh, I, I'm trying to think of a good example that, you know, Russell Wilson, I said to Leon earlier, dude was a record-setting juvie for seven years in the league. He was doing stuff that few had been able to do. And he comes in, and it looks like he collected a contract that's going to add up to about a quarter of a billion dollars and just said, night now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, it, it, is, it is a mystery to me. Yeah, now I hate to look at it. If that's the case, I'm really disappointed in the mm-hmm. guy. It, but if he's lost some of his uh, abilities to do things, yeah. then that's different. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, we all get old. Right. Brady this year is nothing like he was two years ago or three years ago or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's he's losing it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everybody in the league does that as the older they get. And so, you know, I would like to think that the guy uh, has lost a little bit as compared to just taking the yeah. money and running. Yeah, I, I, I certainly hope that's not the case because he's affecting a lot more people than just himself. Right. And I, I don't know. He's early 30s. Not not that yeah. old. 33, something like that. Uh, anyway, it is it is a mystery. And we'll find out. Sean Payton is a guy we'll probably talk about tomorrow as to whether or not we think that that's the guy that they could get, will get, might get. Dallas will still have a big say in how that goes with Sean Payton because they still have a couple of games left in a postseason to play that's for sure all right we wrap ours up we'll say hello to the frangie show uh they are on the road today so we'll catch up with them coming up now the two minute drill brought to you by tire outlet keeping 1010 xl rolling with wholesale prices and premium service tire outlet jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop they're in the sjc durban springs and it's just a great day to be at island wing uh, so says hayes carline the embedded and shredded uh, Merry Christmas, my brother. Did you have a good one uh, on Sunday? Merry Christmas. Yes, we did. Uh, certainly appreciate it. We had a wonderful time, and, and hopefully uh, you all did as well. And another Christmas gift uh, came courtesy of those mayonnaise-eating Titans uh, losing to the Texans, which was uh, that was just a nice extra present under the tree. It really was because it's nice not to have the pressure of having to go and win in Houston. Uh, should Tennessee beat Dallas Thursday night. And so, uh, you know, it's great. I think it's it's fantastic. We know now that we have a date with Destiny in Week 18, and Jacksonville will be the host of determining the AFC South 
title. It's incredibly exciting, and you know, certainly we're looking forward to counting the days down to what should be a magical night, potentially, uh, if the, the Jaguars are able to take down the Titans and, and clinch a division title, a playoff game at home. Uh, it would just be so wonderful what January could be if they're able to do that. Now, I know that uh, you were one of the first believers, and uh, you know, I, I kind of felt like I looked at Hayes. I'm like, I'm coming with you, bro. This is possible. This can happen. And a lot of people are, are obviously now feeling it. So uh, what will be cooking on the afternoon show today, Hayes? Yeah, we're really looking forward to this Frangie show. We're uh, here at Island Wings in Durban, Bartram, uh, right here in St. John's County. So come see us. <clears throat> Tons of bowl games tonight. Uh, so this is a great place to come watch some football if, uh, if you're trying to get out tonight. We're going to have Mark Vandermeer, the Texans play-by-play guy. He joined Frank. Uh, so we're looking forward to that at 4 o'clock. And Denny Thompson is going to stop by here at 5 o'clock to give us an update on all things quarterback. So we certainly look forward to that as well. All right, dude, appreciate it. We'll be looking forward to listening and uh, head on out. Island Wing right over there in Durban Creek in the SJC. Thank you, guys. All right, buddy. Uh, this is from Tracy in Ormond Beach. We are not only going to be loud and present at the bank against the Titans, we also just booked a quick trip to Houston to get us the W against the Texans. We're looking to start 2023 with victories. Let's go Jags from Tracy and Ormond Beach. A round of applause. Uh, I, I get fired up when I hear all these folks that are fired up and ready to go. They are stoked to be uh, at the bank. And look, it doesn't come along very often. We have uh, witnessed this. We just mentioned earlier, Coach, how long it's been since this team was first in the AFC South. Uh, we had to go all the way back. You were here during a playoff run in the mid-2000s. You were here coaching on the defensive side under Jack Del Rio, and even then they were not an AFC South division champion. Yeah, that's that's what I was just going to say. That yeah. We we were, came in second. Uh, you know, we won – we won a playoff game, but we, we came in second both years to the Colts. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we had a good football team, but th th that was a good division at that time. Yeah. 2005, a 12-4 and four team was second in a four-team division. 2007, a team that was 11-5 and five was second in a four-team division. And it is because of the, the hated Colts. They, they were at the top. But if you have to go all the way back, to 1999, the last time they were in charge of a conference, and other than 2017, that just shows you how hard it is to get to the top. And if they can do it this time, yes, sir, make sure they do it. Yes, sir. And that's why you said beating the Jets was as important as any of these games down the stretch. No right. question. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm good. I want our guys to play hard this weekend. I want to win the game, mm -hmm. but. Uh, you know, I feel a lot better that I know for sure we're playing for something in that last ball game. Yeah, you better believe it. All right, Coach, thanks for hanging. We will see you tomorrow. Uh, we will talk to all of y'all manana. We say thanks to Beaver Chevrolet and Beaver Toyota. Great dealerships, great people. That's what I love more than anything else. Brett, Nick, and Janelle and all of them, they just want to make sure they take care of you, give you great deals. BeaverChevrolet.com and find them right there on Phillips Highway and Beaver Toyota St. Augustine dot com on us one as you head to the aug we are out joe c coach campo big search back with us manana and jj